Blog Talk Radio. Let's get back to Eden. 
our design and our father's plan. And our father's plan. Oh yes, it's time. Oh yes, it's time. We get back to King. We get back to King. Now is the time. Now is the time. We take our stand. We take our stand. We were deemed to live a life Nothing is on you 
Amen, amen, amen. I like that. I like that. Live on top of the world, family. Live on top of the world. So how's everybody doing tonight? I want to welcome everyone to another episode of Blog Talk Radio. This is the show, the Douglas Kennedy Family and Friends Network. Let me repeat that. Douglas Kennedy Family and Friends Network. All of these other last names fall under those names. Had it not been for Ed and Isabel, none of us probably would be here. So I want to thank everybody for stopping by. And uh, checking out the show tonight, hopefully you come to to uh, submit, contribute in some way or fashion. But I just appreciate you coming, especially being early, on time. They say the early bird gets the worm, and I think early family members get the worm. Because a lot of people won't hear that song, Eden, Live on Top of the World. And what did y'all think of that uh, rendering of uh, He Lives in You? That was Diana Ross, just in case y'all want to know. So anyway, folks, we have a show lined up for you tonight. We think it's going to be very inspirational. But before I talk and say another word, let me bring on the guest, the guest. And we'll bring on uh, our most permanent guest, which is the one and only Darlene Douglas, all the way in Austin, Texas. Darlene, are you there? Eric Cole, Hello, cousin. How are you doing? Hey, I'm fine. How about you? I'm Can doing you okay. Me? You sound you sound a little winded. You are you been you a little winded? Are you okay? Yeah, <laughs> I'm fine. I'm good. <laughs> well, that's good. And uh, I want to go ahead and bring on. We have a, a guest, folks. We have a guest co-host tonight. Donna Junior is going to be. Let me just see. I think this is Don. Uh, hold on. Hold on a second, folks. Give me one second. But before I do that, let me just say, uh, go ahead, darling, and, and, and say hello to the family. We like to always do that. I don't want to take that for granted. Go ahead and tell the family hi, if you don't mind. Hello, family. Um. <laughs> go ahead. Talk to Hello, family. My name is Darlene Douglas. For you all that don't know who I am. I am the granddaughter of Ennis, Buddy, and Inez Cliff Douglas. I am the daughter of Carrie Richard Douglas and Ellis Douglas Sr. Well, thank and you, darling. And I forgot. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm finished. And and I and darling reminded me that's pretty good. I forgot to mention who I am for those because we always got new listeners. And believe it or not, we don't just have family. Folks, we have friends as well, so we probably always need to do that, darling. Thank you for reminding me. I am Seth. I am a um, – um, my grandmother was Azalee Douglas uh, Booker, and uh, her she had a daughter. Her name was Irene, um, Irene uh, Son, okay? So that's the lineage right there. Uh, Ed and Isabel beget Azalee, Azalee beget Irene. Irene Baguette, Seth Turner. That's who's talking tonight. All right? So later on, in a second here, we're going to bring on a candidate, y'all. How about that? I don't think we have ever had on this show a candidate, but yet we call ourselves the Douglas Candy Family Friends Network. So I'm excited to have on blood-related family tonight. 
Uh, Don Jr., if you're in the house, I don't see his phone number. Press 1, please. If Don Jr. Shaw is in the house, press 1. In the meantime, I'm going to go ahead and bring on uh, Edna Louise, uh, and she'll introduce herself. I'm going to let her do it. Eric code 817212. Uh, Louise, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Well, Louise, say hello to the family. Hello, family. Glad to be here tonight. I am Edna Louise Matthews Smith, and uh, as he said, I'm from the Kennedy line. And from what I understand, Aunt Isabel was my great, great aunt. She would have been my great-grandfather's sister, and that was Jim Kennedy. And her uh, grandfather was Bill Kennedy, Jim and Mary's son. And my mother was Edna B. Kennedy. Bill Kennedy was her father. (laughs) So. Well, you you laid that out pretty pretty sweet there. Okay. Like an old pro. (laughs) Just like an old pro, Louise. Okay. Well, my mom always well, told me stories about the Kennedy family, so now I'm so excited to know more from this exciting thing. Right, and I must say, I must say one thing about this show: it's a little lopsided in that we talk a lot about the Douglas 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 side, but that's only because we got so much information on the Douglas side, and on the Kennedy side, we have tried our best to learn as much as we can about the candidate. It's just there's not that many much uh, either. We're just not running across the people, I guess, that know enough or, you know, this is a long, long time ago, and Darling is such a story. She dig, 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 dig. And so we're trying, though, and that's one reason you're on the show tonight because we're reaching out to the candidate side. We are Douglas, the Douglas Kennedy Family and Friends Network. So, again, Louise, thank you. Again, family, this yes. is, oh, she, you say Edna Louise, but everybody call you Louise, right? Uh, yes, Louise, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and tell her, what city are you in? What city are you in? I'm in Fort Worth, Texas. Okay, okay. And uh, family, that's something I forgot until just now. I want to remind everybody, when y'all come on the line tonight to encourage the family, because, you know, tonight we're about encouraging the family at least the part, first part, and then the second part, we're going to continue to build bridges and getting to know each other by having on the one and only Gwen Burks, and that's happening a little later on. But the first half, like I said, we want to encourage, encourage, inspire, uplift, motivate. We had a lot going on in this family. We had a death, still fresh. Funeral hasn't even been yet, and, I, and, I, and I'm hoping that I missed, uh, uh, well, I hope we get an update on that, but uh uh, this is fresh wounds, uh, a lot of families still grieving, and then uh, there's another death on another side of the family, and uh, families grieving over that, and then I heard that someone was uh, uh, submitted to hospice, uh, and so there's just a lot of a lot of challenges all across the family. So when we start talking about encouraging, uh, uplifting, building up family tonight, via scripture testimonies or words or whatever we do, just know, family, this is not just one particular side. This is to the entire family. All of your pain, not one person's pain is bigger than the other. We're just trying to um, um, just trying to uplift and keep people encouraged, okay? Everybody, when they're in pain, think that their pain is the greatest. 
and it is. It is it is to you and to everybody else. So tonight we want to try to encourage the family again. Um, I can't say it enough. Family, I'm asking y'all, this is a special request. I don't normally do this, but I'm really asking, begging, if you will, come on the phone line, share any and everything that the Father has done for you that you know for sure the Father has done for you. Or it may be a scripture, or it may just be a word of encouragement. Whatever you have for the family, tonight, tonight is the night to share. We, I know a lot of people don't like coming on the phone. We won't hold you. You know, you can. Um, uh, we have a limit of three minutes anyway for most of our callers, and I'll go ahead and put a little uh, music in the background here so y'all won't be startled when y'all hear it. But, uh, Family, we just really need you tonight. I mean, I don't normally just, but we really need you tonight to step up and encourage, encourage, encourage uh, family members, okay? Death is really hard. It's got to be the hardest blow delivered to humanity. And when you're going through it, you need to hear something. I remember when my mother passed. I remember when my mother passed. I could not, (laughs) I could not. I just couldn't function for a while, for a while. Took off work, and sometimes you don't know how you can make it by the minute. Sometimes you don't know if you can make it to the next week. Sometimes it's month to month, and then later on, it get year by year, the grief that is. So mm-hmm. um, let me do this before I get too, too wrapped up into what I got because I have a lot here. Um, let me ask Darlene if she have anything for the family. Let's get this out of the way early, the announcements. And uh, I think that's safe because uh, we've got a lot here on the plate, and I don't want to forget anything. Darlene, do you have any announcements that you have for us at this time? Uh, what about the cruise or New Orleans? Any updates on that? I have birthdays. I can go a few birthdays, and I can give an update with the cruise also. Let me start with the birthdays. Um, we have Josephine okay. Miller. Okay, hold on, Miller. hold on a second. Hold, hold on a second, darling. Is this is this uh, is this birthdays in January or February? February. Okay, I just February. didn't know because sometimes we sometimes we go to the and do the previous month. Okay, go ahead with the birthdays. Okay. Josephine Miller and Ernestine Rosenberg, those were the twins from Uncle Dugan. It was February the 1st. Sonia Sims, February the 2nd. Ivory Nicole Douglas, February the 3rd. Simi T.D. Barbara, February the 7th. Janelle Watson, February the 7th. Irene Booker Rhymes, February the 10th. Donna Shaw Jr. <laughs> Donna Shaw Jr. February tenth, and Mister Cousin Seth Turner <laughs> February eleventh. Brooklyn thank Hayes you, thank Brown. You. You're welcome. Brooklyn Brown February eighteen. Erica and Eric Stovall. Uh, twins, February the 20th. Donnell, Dante, Mookie Brown, February the 24th. Nikki Brown, what February the 24th. What, 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 what name was that? 
Uh, her name is you John Day. Oh, okay. That, that's, I don't think I've heard that name before, okay? Um, yeah, this is my niece. Um, oh, and okay. Nikki, Happy birthday. Yeah. Dante Brown and Nikki Brown, February the 24th. Ebony Douglas Bivin, February the 26th. Kevin Thompson, February the 26th. My nephew. Okay, and this must be your nephew too. Kevin Thompson, February the 26th. Oh. Yes, it is. You're right. And Gianna Antoinette? Antoinette? Is that your niece? Okay. February the 26th. Gianna. Mahela. Gianna. Is, is, uh, Gianna, okay. I didn't have. What is her last name? Mahela. I don't think I'm the same person. Mahia, M-E-H-I-A. Okay. M-E-J, M-E-J-I-A, I think is how they pronounce it. Spell it. Oh, okay, okay. But go ahead. And, uh, one, one other birthday that I have, and it's Sheila, my aunt Sheila Douglas. And I'm not quite sure when her birthday is. I think it's maybe February the 14th. just not real sure. And... Um, the cruise is coming up on us pretty quick. Uh, the deadline, well, not really the deadline, because you can still get on the cruise. You just have to pay all your money at one time. And it's $50 right now to hold a room. And March 15th, the, you have to pay $200. So by March 15th, you have to have paid $250. And, March um, 15th. So how long? Hold on a second, darling. How long are they accepting this this fifty dollar down payment? I mean, it's um, a security deposit or whatever you call it. She has to have the two hundred dollars, two hundred fifty dollars, March 15th. Like she'll take it now. Today is what the second, and then on the 15th of March, you have to have the. The other two hundred dollars, and then you get a little bit of a break. Okay. And uh, is Edna? Are you there, Edna? Yeah, I'm here. I'm sorry. I, I I muted so I wouldn't make noise while you were talking. I'm sorry. I'm here. Okay. Well, thank you. I, I, I appreciate that. You I have two first. Yep. Oh. I was just going to say if I can jump in here. Um, you wasn't making any noise. You was your line was quiet, but I appreciate you even knowing to do that. That's pretty good. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I have two more February birthdays that I didn't know to get to, darling, and I'll say them real quickly if that's okay. Yeah, uh, and these the great great grandchildren of Bill Kennedy, and one is Kiara Wright, February twenty fourth, and James Wright, February twenty seventh. Wow. James. Yeah. Um, uh huh. And you said Kiana. Yeah, thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. And the first one, yeah, was Kiara, K I E R R A, right? Okay. Now, do you know about the cruise already? Are you asking me, Darlene? I'm sorry. Yes, I am, you know, because I can go through all of this if you want the information. Uh, better no, I, yet, 
I will send it to you. I will email it to you. I saw the information on the on the uh, okay. okay on the family. Great. So you'll see that. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. And um, that's it, unless uh, people are still interested in New Orleans trip. Uh, of course, yes, yes. Okay, it actually starts June the 30th, the 1st, July 1st, 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. So it's a four-day event. Um, I was just asking people to call the uh, hotels when, while making a reservation and make sure you ask for the Essence Music Festival rate for the discount. So they need to ask, say that again. I want to make sure they know that. Say that again. Need to ask for the Essence Music Festival rate. Essence, y'all remember that now. We want to get all the discounts we can. (laughs) And uh, I think Joe Joe Willie Williams and I talked about um, the function in Atlanta. The hoodie, okay. hoodie Awards, it's not going to yes. be in, in Atlanta this year. It's going to be in Las Vegas. Oh, okay. Okay. Thank you for that update. Uh, yeah. Is that it, darling, for the announcement? Mm-hmm. Well, again, it folks, you listen to the Douglas. We've had some people to come in. The, come in the, uh, folks, you listen to the Douglas Kennedy Family and Friends Network. I want to welcome every single one of y'all to this special show we're having. Uh, just trying our best to reach out to those that are not doing too good right now in terms of challenges. We've had a death in the family, uh, immediate uh, family, and then we had a death uh, also um, related to the family. And then I heard that there was uh, we had a family that went into hospice uh, program, and so. A lot of challenges out there. My aunt, uh, Amyomi, I know she uh, they found her in the floor. She's doing good, better, a lot better now. But keep her in your prayers. And I know some of y'all have some challenges. You haven't even let us know. So uh, we want to do a few things tonight, tonight, tonight. Uh, let me put a little music in the background. We want to, uh, folks, we want to, family, we want to make tonight's show a show that is going to be inspiring, encouraging, uplifting. Uh, we don't want to turn into a Bible study. That's not the goal. There's nothing wrong with the Bible study. But tonight, we just want to encourage the family. So if you, if you family, have seen God's hand in your life and you want to share those experiences, you don't have to tell us all your business, but if you want to share something, a word of encouragement or a poem or whatever to uplift, encourage, inspire your family, that is going to some really rough times right now tonight. Tonight we're going to ask you to do that. Don't be shy. And I'm asking co-hosts the same exact thing to do tonight. If you have a word, uh, a scripture, a poem, or whatever to encourage, uplift, inspire the family. Because death is no joke. Grieving is no joke. And sometimes it takes years. And I do mean years to get a uh, get a grip. It just takes that long, so uh, I just want to just just put that out there, family. Be in, be thinking of something you can share with us. Come on the phone lines, press one, 
and uh, let us know exactly what the Father has done in your life where people will see he is real. Because right now, stuff you've been talking about and thinking about, when you go through a death, it's hard to grasp on to some of the concepts you've had all your life because death is it challenged every belief system you have, it seems like. Uh, to look up one day and, and your mother is no longer there or your cousin is no longer there, your nephew is no longer there, your uncle, it, it, it's, it's traumatic. And it, it turns people sometimes against God. It turns people sometimes against relatives. It turns people sometimes, watch this, against themselves. They start blaming themselves for uh, the death. It's all kind of ways this thing can go. So I just want to encourage the family tonight to uh, to really, really uh, think about those times that the Father came through for you and uh, how you was able to come up out of that and the word he gave you, what he told you. I'm going to be sharing a little later on what did it for me, what encouraged me, what inspired me, what kept me afloat. And I'm hoping we have more family members to do just the same. We got them in the house, though. The phone lines is uh, lit up with family members and friends, and I want to thank you all again for coming so early. We have a new co-host tonight, and I'm looking for Don. Don Jr., if you're in the house, please press 1. But uh, we have a new co-host, a guest co-host, I should say, and uh, Darlene call her Ed, and I call her Louise. What you prefer to be called tonight on the show, Miss Louise? <laughs> Uh, well, if it's not too much of a mouthful, you can say Edna Louise, and that way whoever's <laughs> there knows me, they can't miss them. <laughs> so that's Good fine. Point. Or Edna Good Louise. point. Good point. <laughs> well, again, because we've we've had some people to come on the phone line since you gave your last intro. If you don't mind, could you uh, go ahead and uh, reintroduce yourself, if you don't mind, because we had quite a few to come in a little late. So go ahead and tell who this person, Edna Louise, is. Do exactly what you did before because you did a wonderful job earlier. Yes, I sure will, cousin. Okay, hello again, family and friends. Uh, my name is Edna Louise Matthew Smith. I am the great-great-niece of Isabel Kennedy. And from the what I know of it, she was my great-grandfather's sister, Jim Kennedy. Uh, and he was married to Mary, and their son was my grandfather, Bill Kennedy, one of their children anyway. And my mother was Edna Kennedy Matthews, was married to Aurel Matthews, uh, my father. So I live in Fort Worth, Texas, and I, to, to give the family some encouragement possibly on the set I can tell you what got me through, and that was certainly prayer. And it really, and I heard cousin mention that you know we go through all kind of emotions, and that is so true. But the one thing I did do was I had to run closer to God, because my husband died March 24th, stepmother died Good Friday, two weeks later, and then my favorite uncle died a week after her. While we were having her weight, she paid. So that was wow. one. And that was almost a year ago. And I just realized that this was February. And that was almost a year ago. Next month, March would be a year when we, this started happening. 
And I was in school at the time, so here I was getting ready for finals, trying to get through my courses, and all of this was happening. But there but for the grace of God that got me through it, that's what I can tell you, because some days I don't know how one foot went in front of the other, but I never stopped praying and I never stopped praising God through it all. So Wow. Wow. To know that well, it doesn't get great. It gets easier, but it doesn't, uh, like you said, I still cry. I have crying days almost every day. <laughs> but God keeps me. He keeps my mind. Wow. Yeah, and uh, like I said, uh, tonight, family, we're going to do exactly what uh, Louise is doing, Edna Louise is doing encouraging the family. We just want to know what it did what did it for you, family? What what held you over? How did you take such a blow that you took? Might not have been a death. I don't want y'all to think you have to you can't come on the line unless somebody passed and you got the victory over it. No, that's not what we're talking about tonight. We just want to know anytime the father has ever did anything for you. Because you may think it's insignificant, you may not think it's uh that whatever uh, in comparison to the previous person. But uh, I'm telling you, we need to know every single thing that the Father is doing. Let me tell you all what I do when I'm discouraged. When I'm discouraged, when I'm uh, just just at the, I mean, when I just don't know what to do, folks, sometimes I get that way. Um, I, well, there's two things I do. When I, the very lowest I ever get, there's three things I tell myself. Now, I'm going to have to be honest. I haven't done this probably but about six times in my life because I haven't been the kind of low like my mother's death but about six times in my life. Okay, now, the other times I'm depressed, i got this, bills are due, boss acting up, I'm not talking about these three things then. I leave, this is the this is the best I can do in terms of encouraging myself. This is the lowest I get, and it's only happened like six times. Now, I've always got challenges, always got problems. I'm going through some right now. But when I talk about these three things, that means I'm at the very lowest. And this is what I tell myself. I say, Seth, only the Father know who you are. Sometimes people come at you and they're challenging who you are. They're trying to tell you you're something more, something other than what you are. I say, only the Father know who I am. Sometimes something hits you so, the blow, sometimes a blow in life can, can leave you just on the ground. Sometimes it's people challenging who you are, challenging where you, what you can do. That's a big one. And, and challenging what you have, challenging what you have, you know, saying you don't belong. So when I go through major trials, I say to myself, Seth, only the Father know who you are. Only he know who you are. You don't even know who you are, Seth. Only the Father really know who you are. So you can second-guess yourself and say you this and let these people tell you, but only the Father know who you are. Only he has the manual on Seth Turner. You don't even know. Only, that's number one. Number two, only the Father know what you can do. You don't even know what you can do. You know some good things or some bad things you might have done in the past, but really and truly, 
Only the Father have the manual on you, and he knows what you can do. This is when oftentimes things come at me and, and it's, 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 it's challenging whether or not I can do this or I even tell, I'm challenging myself. I don't believe that I can make it. I tell myself, only the Father know what you can do. What he say you can do, what the scriptures say you can do, that's what you can do. What the scriptures say you are, that's who you are, not what you're thinking, not what this trial, this tribulation has got you thinking. And the last one, number three, because I told you it's three. First one was who I, who am I? The second one is what I can do. And the last one is only the Father knows what you possess, what you have what you have to work with. There's all kind of people that I don't even know. Part of their purpose is to help bring me into fruition in this area and that area. All kind of people are going to be coming into your life family that you don't know. You don't even know them yet. You don't even have a relationship yet, and they're going to be contributing into your development. So how do you know what you have? Your life is not limited to your bank account. Your life is not limited to what you have or what you know or your Rolodex, so to speak. That's not what you're limited to. Only the Father know what you possess. Only the Father know what truly is yours to operate with. I don't even know. I don't even know. I just don't have a clue. There's some people, you know, uh, that maybe work with me that's not even in this country. Maybe my biggest allies is not even in the United States. You know, there's thoughts that I haven't even thought yet that is going to transcend everything I'm going through right now. There's all kind of things. I don't know what I have to work with. You don't know what you have to work with. Those three things is what I tell myself when I get to the very, very lowest. So tonight... Tonight, uh, we're asking that question. We're asking, we're asking family rather to just chime in at any point and contribute either scriptures or inspirational thoughts or poems or whatever you have for, for the family to encourage them. Don't you have anything? I didn't want to leave you out. I have um, a few things here. I, I'm, I like to read to see what you all think about it. The first okay. one is when you feel like giving up, remember why you held on so long in the first place. That's good. That's real good. Say that again. You like that one? When you feel like giving up, remember why you held on for so long in the first place. That's good. Okay. I like that. Another one is it is during our darkest moments that we must focus to see the light. Okay, I like that. I like that. Okay. I've heard that one before. Okay. Although no one can go back and make a brand new start, anyone can start from now and make a brand new ending. I like that one. Who wrote that? Who wrote that one? I will look it up for you. I don't think it was a name on there. And I like that this. Good. <clears throat> Whenever you make a mistake, 
or get knocked down by life, don't look back at it too long. Mistakes are life's way of teaching you. No one wins all the time. They happen. Like that. It's a part of your growth. I like that. Amen. Amen. I like that. Well, folks, these are those are some very inspirational thoughts there, Miss Darling. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. And uh if y'all want if y'all want to hear that again, remember all these shows are recorded. You can always rewind things and hear them over and over again, okay? Folks, again, you listen to the Douglas County Family Friends Network, and tonight, tonight, it's a very simple show, very low-key. I think it's low-key anyway. What we're trying to do is the first half we want to encourage, inspire, motivate, uplift family that is going through. We had a death last week, and uh, we have a, a death even before that on the other side of the family, and lots of family members on the Addie side is being challenged right about now. And so let's keep the Addie side of the family lifted up. But it ain't just the Addie side. The Dugan side, I've heard um, uh, uh, Robbie's mom. And uh, Darling, you want to give us an update on that or what you know about that, about Robbie's mom? And we want to keep her in, in uh, prayer. But go ahead, Darling, and let us know what whatever you know about that. This is more like a prayer request here, family. Go ahead, Darling, please. Um, we're just going to ask a special prayer for Robbie's mom. You know, because God has the last has the last say. Yes, yes, yes. We want to keep that that family in prayer, and it's not just her. You know, some there's there's needs on every single side of the family. So we don't want to belittle nothing. But so if we didn't call something out, it don't mean we don't know about it or we're not sensitive to it. Okay. That just kind of jumped out in my mind because of the, the whole hospice thing. Um, also, uh, hold on, hold on, uh, Kevin. Um, go ahead. Uh, Theana Hill's birthday is February the 19th. Kevin's granddaughter, Talisha Moore, is February the 19th. And um, T.T.'s birthday would have been the 19th, or uh, is the 19th. I just okay. got it. Okay, okay. Okay, all right. Well, at least we got it in. Better late than never. Well, happy birthday to those. To those. Um, anyway, folks, later on, uh, like I mentioned earlier, we're going to have the second half of the show. We're going to be interviewing uh, the one and only Miss Gwen Burks. Gwen Burks, and I think Miss Burks is already in the house. I think I see her phone number, so she's on time. Appreciate you being on time, Gwen. We'll bring you on a little bit, uh, but I just wanted to do a little bit of hit this encouragement a little bit more. I want y'all to listen to these little clips that we have here. I got a few clips I want to play, and uh, we come back with just a little bit more encouragement, and then we're going to go in and bring Gwen on. So I want to, uh, I want to. Um, Play some clips here that I think that would um, really uh, has a strong message. So check this out, and we'll be right back. Okay, uh, this one is the first clip I'm going to play is actually from a movie. How about that? Uh, but I think y'all uh, will enjoy what uh, Sylvester Stallone, out of all the people, has to say. Watch this, folks. You ain't gonna believe this. 
but you used to fit right here. I'd hold you up to say to your mother, this kid's going to be the best kid in the world. This kid's going to be somebody better than anybody ever knew. And you grew up good and wonderful. It was great just watching every day. It was like a privilege. Then the time come for you to be your own man and take on the world, and you did. But somewhere along the line, you changed. You stopped being you. You let people stick a finger in your face and tell you you're no good. And when things got hard, you started looking for something to blame, like a big shadow. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward, how much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, now go out and get what you're worth. But you've got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that, and that ain't you. You're better than that. Everyone goes through trying times. The joy comes in the morning. Even when it seems hard to find, He gives us peace for you and me. And in everything. Count it all
back. We're back and we are live. You listen to the Douglas Kennedy Family and Friends Network. This is Seth as the least grandson. I have on the line Darlene, who is from the Ennis Buddy line of the family. And I also have on the one and only Edna Louise from the Kennedy side of the family. How about that, folks? We have a Kennedy in the house, finally. And uh, Edna Louise, I hope that you uh, encourage uh, uh, the Kennedy side of the family to join the show. Um, uh, will you do that for us? I certainly will, and I'm certainly working on it, and I'm going to keep reminding them about it. I'm sorry that I didn't get more reminders out today, but because one of the Kennedy side has been doing a lot of the research on the family tree for that side, so she does have quite a bit of it. I think she was on once, which was Evelyn Williams. Right. Yeah, she's uh, the historian that has located a bit of the Kennedy side of the family. So, she can get on with us. And, uh, well, well, again, thank you, and, 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 and push that as much as you can, as much as you can. But okay. anyway, folks, so you listen to, again, the Douglas Kennedy Family Friends Network again with tonight, just trying to encourage the family. Also, at the second half of the show, we're going to be uh, bringing on uh, uh, the one and only, the one and only Miss Gwen Burks. And uh, y'all saw her pictures online, I'm sure. I did a nice little promo on her, and so she's going to be coming on. And I don't know if y'all know this or not, but uh, she uh, worked for the universities. Uh, a couple of them, and uh, she'll be talking about that more. And uh, she also has done some missionary work. So it'll be very interesting talking to Miss Gwen, uh, cousin Gwen, I should say. And she uh, she is already in the house. I see her phone number. And, uh, Gwen, I'll ask you just be patient with us. We just want to hit a little bit longer uh, this uh, the topic of encouraging family. Family, if you're uh, wanting to speak uh, like Darling did or give Darling and uh, Ed and Louise and myself, you want to give a word to the family, press one at this time, please. Uh, the phone line is, is, I don't want to not see you, so I'm looking at the phone lines now because I get distracted sometimes. Um, so, but right now I'm looking directly at the phone. If you want to comment to the family, encourage the family, press one. In the meantime, I just want to just say, um, I'm trying to see if Donald Jr. Don, if you're in the house, press one. I don't see his number. I know he's supposed to be coming on. Maybe something came up on his end. Folks, listen. I just want to say, I want to say to the family that, uh, <laughs> let me just stop there because I, I don't want no music going when I talk about this. But I just want to say uh, to the family, you know, you don't have to. Everybody's not a speaker. Everybody can't come on the phone lines and talk in this in this set in this uh, forum. I understand that, but I just hope that with what's going on throughout the family and everybody, every family got their challenges. That we are reaching out to the various people that are suffering some kind of way. I don't know some people, and uh, actually, my phone call might be a disturbance to them because I'm not that close to them. But if you are close to a lot of the families that are suffering deaths or, or challenges, uh, you know, uh, and I'm stepping on my own toes here. Uh, I'm just, we're asking that you reach out to them and uh, let's be a little bit closer, a little bit more sensitive to folks that are having challenges. 
challenging times. Here's why I say that. Somebody was, uh, I had this conversation, and uh, and it, it, like I said, this particular topic is, is I'm literally stepping on my own toes. But uh, still, just because I have weaknesses, that don't mean we can't talk about it. But uh, family, if we don't step up to each other, who will? I mean, if we don't encourage each other, who will? If we don't um, reach out to people and, and uh, just let them know that, that we're there and and, uh, and just to share uh, how the Father brought us through. I remember when my mother passed. Let me tell you what really helped me when my mother passed. This was a, my most devastating blow like Sylvester Stallone was saying earlier in that little uh, clip we played, that nothing is going to hit as hard as life, nothing. Well, I was hit when my mother passed. That was the hardest blow. Like I said a couple of weeks ago, it was like going to all the funerals that I went to at one time. Uh, when I went to my mother's funeral, it was as powerful as going to every single funeral before that. So, one thing that helped me was uh, a friend. This is why I'm encouraging us to reach out to people. Uh, Sister Mayfield, and uh, she was a good friend of my mother's, and, and she knew what we was going through because she had lost her mother. And what she said to me was, Seth, right now I know you don't think you can make it. She said, and you probably don't even think you can make it for the next minute. You probably don't even see your future right now. You don't even want to think about the future without your mom. And she said, the way this grief thing works, it heals through time. Time can heal it if you allow it. It can. It, it don't always heal, but if you trust in God and time, I guess I should say, it's, it's a healing process. It's a good mixture, God and time, God and time, trust in God and time. And she said, right now, just look like you, you probably don't think you can make it another minute, another day. She said, but just keep on trusting God and, and keep believing him. He knows what's best for us. And uh, be thankful for the time you've had with your mother. That's what I want to say to those that have lost somebody uh, uh, or are losing someone. Or it, 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 and just this is this is to those again that have lost someone or is possibility of losing someone. Just remember this. Sister Mayfield told me, be thankful for the time you spent with her, and and uh, just think on all of the wonderful times you've ever had together. And this is a healing all by itself, and just thank God for each one of those memories that she raised you and she taught you about who the father was and she protected you and how Billy came into your life and, and, and how God blessed uh, y'all's family when Billy came. And, and I just begin to start focusing on all, every tiny little blessing that came along that my mother uh, brought, every single thing, every single message, every single just, just I played the movie of my mother from birth, and I watched that movie over and over again. I added to it and added to it, and next thing you know, I looked up in years that passed, and, and I was okay, just as she said. So I just want to encourage the family to just don't sit by idly and watch family members go through this, okay? This funeral for uh, Nefertiti Smith is going to be on Friday. I think you did. I say that right, Darlene? Darlene? Uh, I'm not, I thought it was Saturday. Um, it might be Saturday. I don't want to get that wrong. But I'll, the point I was trying to get it is the funeral hadn't even happened yet. So for sure, this family is mourning big time. So 
I'm not close to a lot of the people on the other side like I would like to be. And I think sometimes, you know, calling can be a distraction. So I just want to just remind the families to just pray, keep them lifted up, ask God to, to this is what we're going to pray. Let's be on one accord with this because the Bible says uh, uh, that when we agree on something, if the Bible says any two uh, agree as to touching any one thing, it shall be done. So we ain't just sitting up here. We don't need to pray like we wish him, like some genie. We have promises, precious promises. And those of us that are familiar with the scriptures, you know I'm telling you the, the truth. The Bible says if any two of us agree as to touching any one thing, it shall be done if we believe in faith. So, And that's coming out of Matthew 18 and 19. Okay? So we agree that the Father will uh, encourage his family. Let's do that. And, and uh, matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and offer up a prayer now. Is that okay with you, darling? And uh, uh, Louise, Edna Louise, is that okay? That's fine. But let me tell you, uh, Saturday, it's Saturday 6 in Kansas City, Missouri. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So uh, we definitely should be in prayer form uh, during that time on Saturday. Because their funeral is going to be a lot of young people there, and it will take a lot out of them. I know it will. So let's do this, family. Let's go ahead and pray. And like I said, Matthew 18 and 19 says, again, truly I say unto you that if any two of you, again, I'm coming out of Matthew 18 and 19. This is the uh, King James Version. It don't matter what version you really read. It all says the same thing. But in the King James Version of Matthew 18 and 19, just had it and lost it. Hold on a second. Here we go. Again, I sent you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching any one thing that, it shall, that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father, which is in heaven. One more time. Again, I sent you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father, which is in heaven. So, family, if you are a believer and you're in the household of faith, you are part of the body of Christ, I will ask you at this time to let's just offer up a prayer for our family, okay? So based upon Matthew 18 and 19, we pray. Dear Heavenly Father, just want to lift up this Douglas Kennedy family tonight. We want to thank you for your word. We want to thank you for your promises. We want to thank you that you are true to your promises and you always perform your word. We thank you, Father. And, Father, we're just asking you right now to look down upon the added uh, side of family and this funeral with Garland and Nefertiti Smith, and not just only this funeral, but the previous funerals and, and those that are having challenges in their bodies and any people that you are calling home. We're just asking you, Father, to strengthen their loved ones, their friends, their families that's going to be affected by these losses, uh, their memory uh, and time with these loved ones. We just ask that you would. Give a special strength to this, to our family. We ask them for you to help them to remember the wonderful time they have spent with these loved ones. And we ask you to give them strength, only that your Holy Spirit can provide. Empower them, Father, to to be strong. And to, we know that that they will miss their loved one. We know that there will be sadness. This is all natural, but we just ask that you help them to see the bright side, help them to see that they were able to spend time with you and they were able to uh, be blessed on this earth uh, with these memories. And, Father, help them to see that you sent all things. You said that you come to 
that uh, we may have life more abundantly. You send the Messiah that we may have life more abundantly. So, Father, I just ask you to help our family to see this abundant life that you have brought. Help them to see the good out of this loss. Help them to not hold bitterness against you, bitterness against themselves, bitterness against loved ones, or if it's an accident, even bitterness against those that may be responsible seemingly for the death. Help them to see, Father, your hand behind all of this and help them to see your love. I pray, Father, that you will help our families to love in these tragedies and, and help them to uh, be strong as you did to me when you gave me strength and helped me to see all of the wonderful years that Mama provided for us and and that was able that was uh, those memories was able to pick me up and strengthen me and give me a hope that have caused me to uh, to last even to this day. So, Father, we lift up our family tonight. We lift up our family, and again, this is based upon Matthew 18 and 19, where you promised us that if we two or more agree as to touching any one thing that you shall perform. So these things we ask for our family. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, Father uh, and family, any of you, any of you that uh, agree with that, say amen. Any family members out there, I can't hear all of y'all, but if you agree with that prayer, say amen, amen, amen. So anyway, uh, thank you for that, y'all. Uh, anyway, family, you listen to the Douglas County Family and Friends Network. I'm Seth again. I just had to offer a prayer. We keep talking about pray, pray, pray. So why not just do it right now on the phone? So that's why I did that. So anyway, family, uh, like I said, a little in, in a little bit, in about another 15 minutes, we're going to bring on the one and only Gwen Burks, and I just want to fine-tune and finish up. Uh, what we're doing right now. I'm allowing more family to comment. Anybody on the phone lines, anything, y'all press one and we'll bring it on again with a word like like uh, Darling gave, uh, I mean a poem like Darling gave or uh, history like uh, Edna Louise gave or just whatever you want to contribute, okay? I'm going to continue to watch the phone lines. In the meantime, I think what I probably should do um I just don't want to bring on Gwen and then somebody start uh, going back to this topic. I'm just, uh, well, let's do this. I think Gwen is already in the, on the line. I'm going to go ahead and bring her on. If anybody want to talk about, anybody have any words or encouragement to the family, that's not a problem. We can entertain that. Not a problem. All right? But I think we have the one and only Gwen Bergson on the line. Let me go ahead and open up. The phone line, Erico five five nine two seven one. Gwen, are you in the house? I'm here. Can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. You keep that going just like that. That's a good volume. How are you doing I, tonight? I am doing wonderful. And, you know, I was listening to the show and about encouraging the family and and um, you know, we just need to remember that Earth is not our home and that God is good. And that he loves us. And that just as you loved your mom, Seth, just know that God loved her more. And that she's out of pain. And that, um, you know, she's waiting for you. So That's true. That's very true. And the scripture says very clear. Uh, uh, we just got a weird way of looking at death. You know, I think it's a, to be very honest, uh, we're just talking here, family. But to be very honest, I think that humans are very, very selfish. You know, one of the things that encourages me one one of the things that encourages me with regards to mama and her passing away is I have a friend of mine in high school 
I probably shouldn't call her name, but she'll probably never listen to this blog. Her name is Patricia Farrell. And she lost her mother long time ago in high school. And I remember Patricia Farrell, probably shouldn't keep calling names now, but it don't matter. This is a testimony, really. And uh, she she was one way prior to her mother's death. And when her mother passed, it just traumatized her. Mm. Eventually she got over it. But I, I never will forget, wow, how would it be, how would I be if I lost my mother in high school? My mother passed well after everybody was over 30. I think over 40. All of us is over 40, I believe. But I was thinking to myself, what would my life have been had I lost my parents in high school? Yeah. So we just, we just selfish. We don't ever want to lose them. We don't want to lose them at 80. We don't want to lose them at 90. We don't want to lose them right. at 100. I, heard, I see people grieving hard at 100 as people grieve when they lose their parents at 20 or 30. So we don't want to ever let them go. And that's normal. That's good. That's okay. But I guess, like you said, uh, cousin, you were absolutely right when you say that <laughs> this is not our home. This is not mm. our home. So anyway, uh, I'm going to go ahead and start this interview with you and put a little music in the background. So anyway, family, we have on Miss Gwen Burks. And Gwen, I want you to go ahead and introduce yourself to the family. Everybody know who you are, how you relate to Ed and Isabel. And just a little bit about your life, children, uh, husband, um, whatever you want to talk about. I mean, uh, okay, I don't know if you're well, married or not. Okay, well, good evening, family. Uh, my name is it's Gwen Burks. Well, it's Guinevere Elaine Malone Pierce Burks is my name. And I am Ennis, Betty, and Inez Cliff's granddaughter. My mom is Iofa Douglas Pierce. And I know you guys uh, that she has talked on the show before. Yeah. And yeah. I have children. I have a son, Brandon Michael, who's 28, and I have a daughter, Danielle Nicole, who is 23. And I live in Fresno, California. Um, I work at Fresno Pacific University, um, and I just retired in 2014 from Fresno State University. And God provided a way for me to continue uh, working, so I was able to. And I—that's um, a story in itself. Um, and I'm just happy to be on the show tonight. Well, we're happy to have you on the show tonight. And say hello to the one and only Edna Louise on the Kennedy side. This is our first time having a Kennedy. Okay. A co-hosting on this show. Say hi to uh, Edna Louise, please. Well, good evening, uh, Edna Louise. It's nice to hear your voice and to talk to you. Hi, hello, cousin uh, uh, Gwen. My, yes, say, my name is Gwen. Gwen. Okay. Hi. Good to talk to you as well, cuz. <laughs> Thank you. Is my mom on the line? Uh, I don't know. Let's see. Uh, there's a lot of phone numbers. Uh, What's the first three letters of her? Uh, uh, Two seven six. Okay, let's just go ahead and put her on Front Street, Miss. I open if you're on the phone line. Go ahead. Okay, she pressed one. Okay, so let's go ahead and go straight to the phone lines. Eric code five five nine two seven six. Go ahead with your question or comment. 
Oh, uh, hello, everybody. Hello, family. Uh, hello, hello, hello. This is uh, this is I am Gwen's mother. Yes. And just, and uh, as she said before, uh, Ed Ed and Isabella Douglas is my grandparent. Uh, Ennis Buddy Douglas and Ines Cliff Douglas is uh, is my mother and, and father. And I am Iofa Douglas Pierce. And it's just good to be here tonight and to just ha- just to be here and to be able to talk with the family and to hear my daughter. Yeah. And you know what I wanted yes, to yes, also yes. say? Uh, Seth, I also wanted to say that I, I need to talk about my brothers and sisters. I have my, my older sister, Gay um, Clark. I have my... Uh, I have my brother Walter Pierce. I have my sister Iotha Anita Pierce. And um, Mom, have I forgotten anybody? Oh, <laughs> uh, and did you? Uh, yeah, Walter Pierce. And my okay, yeah, I talked about Walter and my dad, Walter Pierce. And um, and then on, um, and then I just have a whole host of cousins and everything. And then their spouses. I need to talk about Walter's wife. Her name is Yoli. And then my younger sister Anita. Her husband's name is Archie. And then Gay's husband's name is Daryl. My my oldest sister. Okay, you guys have a pretty big clan there. We do. You should see. We love when we get together. We have about thirty or forty people just here in Fresno when we have get together. So we have a good time. Yes, well, Miss Iope is probably a, a celebrity, if we can say that, uh, on this show. So we're very familiar with your mom and your aunt in, uh, in uh, Bubba Jack and your aunt in uh, San Antonio, uh, William and... Uh, My Aunt Jewel. Jewel. Yes. Uh-huh. We, we we have really enjoyed them. And I tell you, the Ennis Buddy side of the family, y'all are one of the most supportive are parts of this family, and I appreciate it. And the rest of them are coming. They are coming. Uh, but I think y'all are one of the ones that are really out there and, and really supporting this family. Really appreciate that. Really, really appreciate that. So let me ask you this. Uh, Miss Iofa, can you hang on the line? Or you um, you don't have to, uh, but I want to no, uh, definitely... I'm just here for... Go ahead. I'm just here for the family... And uh, I'll just be as quiet as possible. <laughs> okay, well, we appreciate that. I can hear Daddy laugh. Hi, Dad. <laughs> so, Miss Gwen, let me just start off with asking you a question. Why don't you again um, uh, just tell us? Tell, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you kind of lead this out. What do you want us to know about you? Well, in addition to um, what you said, I mean, other than what you said earlier. Okay, well, I have to say first that I give a shout-out to my cousin Darlene, who called me last uh-huh. week. Are, how are you, cuz? I am fine. How about you? You sound great. I am doing good. God is good. I have to say Darlene called last week and uh, just asked me if I you know, would be on the show, so I appreciate that, Darlene, and I appreciate you connecting me with cousin Seth and um so and Seth, I think that this is just an awesome opportunity for all the family to come together. And um, well, I just wanted to say about you know I'm not one to really talk about myself, but 
Um, I do want to talk about that I've, um, you know, I'm a missionary, been on the mission field now since 2011, and I go every year. Um, I've been five times now to Haiti, and um, and we go usually for about two weeks every year. And then I've been I've been blessed to be able to go to the Congo, and I was there for about two weeks. And just being able to go and minister to um, the people there, we go to different churches, um, we go and minister to the women, we go to orphanages. And just being able to go, and we go out into the streets and just minister to people and just tell them about the love of Christ. And the reason I started going to Haiti was after they had the earthquake in 2010, my pastor went, and then he came back with just a heart for missions. And I tell you, I never thought that I would ever be a missionary. That was just not that I thought I would ever do and God and by the grace of God he just changed my heart and that's been a calling on my life is to go and to tell others about the love of Christ and to let them know that they're loved and you know to let them know that uh, God and it helped me to see how big God really was because it's easy to get to see him you know only in our um frame of uh you know, point of frame of what we have now, but just being able to go to Haiti and listen to them and to see how much they love the Lord, even though they went through what they went through. So, yeah, that that's something. I, that's a good. That's good. You brought it out because you know <laughs> we send missionaries everywhere, but I'm hearing that uh, that I hear a little. Y'all hear that? Uh, I don't know if it's my phone or not. It's just squeaky. Y'all hear that? Yeah. The echo. It's an okay, echo. Okay, I'll try it again. Let's see. Okay. Hold on. Let me yeah, stop this music because I, I, I want to I wanna hear this. Is it me? I'll tell you what, darling, why don't you continue talking to, um, continue the interview, and I'm going to call back. I don't. I, I have a bad line here. Okay. 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 Go ahead. Yeah, I'm here. Uh, go ahead and finish t- telling us about your trip. Okay. Well, I, I have to tell you guys, the first time going to Haiti was really an eye opener for me. You know, be, uh, because you're going out of your comfort zone. You're going where there's no hot water. You're going where there's. Um, the accommodations, the bathrooms, you know, it's just not what we're used to. And I and I thank God for the training that I had that I had went through before I went to Haiti. And we just we had a really good training team that, you know, taught us about the customs because when you go on missionary trips, you need to know about the people that you're going to minister to, what their custom are, what their customs are, the food they eat. You got to learn the language because they want to know that you're there because you love them, and that was oh, okay. that was something that I really learned being there. And you got to get out of your comfort zone. I remember getting off that plane, and it was so hot. It was so hot, and then all my allergies just hit me. But it was just amazing how God quickly acclimated me to the environment that I was in. To where that didn't that was no longer a concern, you know it's like he took it out of my way so that I could get busy doing the work that he had called me to do there 
Okay, okay. So this and I'm, is and I'm like, back. I'm back, like y'all. The, but keep okay. keep talking, Darlene. But I'm back. Go ahead, Darlene. Okay. So this part of Haiti that you're in is like the country, country. Yes, it was Port-au-Prince is the capital of Haiti, and that's where we were, and that's where most of the damage in the war, I mean, in the earthquake, took place. And it was something to go and see the country just, it looked like a war zone. It looked like a war, and I don't know what a war zone, I've, we've been blessed to never have had to experience that. But going and seeing the buildings and seeing, I just remember seeing all the blue tents to where they couldn't live in their buildings anymore. But because they didn't want to leave, they stayed on top, on the roofs. And all you could see would just be like a sea of blue tents. And people living in the tents and no electricity, no running water, um, no food, so to speak. It was you... People just scrounging just to survive, and you you would see mothers with babies, and and it just really um, helped me to see you know God's hand and how blessed we are. I don't think we understand as a nation and as a country how blessed we are as people. And I can tell you, going to Haiti and going to the orphanages and hearing the kids' stories, and they're asking, you know, why are you guys here? Why would you come here? To, for us, when you guys are rich and you have everything you need, and and just being able to talk to them about the love of Christ—that it wasn't about me, but it was about them knowing that God still loved them. You know, because I, I can remember the when I was telling people that I was going, a lot of people were like, "Why?" You know, Haiti is a heathen nation. They believe in voodoo. That this is just God's um, wrath being taken out of them, and that's not the God that we serve. He does, he's not a God of wrath. He loves everyone. And it was just amazing to meet the pastors that were there and to hear the stories about how there were voodoo witches and voodoo um, queens, and they were converted and uh, got saved, you know, after the earthquake. So God is awesome. So it was, it was just an awesome experience. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, but you, you know, you know, the one thing that uh, when I ever hear about Haiti, there goes that, there goes that noise again. I don't understand why. I don't understand why that is. But um, maybe I'm talking too loud. Am I talking loud to y'all? It doesn't seem like no. it. No. Okay. Well, I'm gonna turn my I'm gonna turn my phone down anyway. But uh, the one thing they always talk about with Haiti, and I and I sometimes kind of get. I, I actually laugh. I think it's funny because serving a voodoo, working voodoo, and worshiping materialism is the same. <laughs> you both right. have hands. You both have idols. You both are co- demon spirits. I know they talk about the witches and demons and all this, but there is as many demons sitting around materialism and there's murders and. And there's so much going on with, uh, and I do agree that we still need to be sending missionaries all over the world. I do, I do believe that. But I just think it's sometimes funny how we uh, like the whole New Orleans thing. I hear some some, some people say that uh, God judged New Orleans, and that's why they had the the, the, the Katrina. And I get I get tickled and say, what about New York City? <laughs> right. I mean, you know, what sin is bigger than the other one? But anyway, I get tickled. But I want to ask you a question. 
about you mentioned um, Port-au-Prince is the largest, right? Right, that's where, the capital. Yes, go, that's the capital. Uh, where uh, I think it's PAP is that airport. Uh, I used to work the airlines, and I remember Port-au-Prince. But what, where else did you go in uh, Haiti outside of Port-au-Prince? Did y'all go into the countryside? Any of that? Absolutely. We um, what we would do while we were there, and we were we would get there on. Uh, I think we got there on a Saturday, and we were in church Saturday night. And we would travel three or four hours to go to different churches outside of outside of Port-au-Prince because it's such a big country, and it's 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 beautiful. Haiti is absolutely beautiful, but you can tell that. And and we got to remember, on the other side of Haiti is um, the Dominican Republic. It's on yeah. the same island, and right. you can see and but the. Dominican Republic is a resort. You go, people go there. They take boats, but you don't do that in Haiti. You could see like the um, the, the beaches and the uh, just all the destruction there, and you could you could really see the institution racism, how they separated the two countries. You know, because it's a black nation. Well, you know, but we probably go ahead. No, I was just going to say, but uh, your original question, we would travel every day. We didn't stay just in Port-au-Prince, no. We we traveled uh, two, three, four hours just getting to one place in order to go and minister. Well, let me ask you this, uh, uh, Gwen. You mentioned racism in the Dominican, I mean, in, the, uh, in Haiti. Now, I have an experience when I went to Dominican Republic. But I, want, I want to know, what do you mean by racism? I mean, I, I've heard... From um, I can't think of the historian name that went to uh, both countries and did this documentary. Henry Louis Gates he talked about that a little bit. But what does he mean? What did you see when you say racism? What do you mean? Well, in Haiti, they still have buildings that are um, destruct. You know, there's that the destruction is still out in the streets. I mean, it took them years to remove the bodies out of all the rubble. If this had been in the Dominican Republic, they would have had the. Um, You're right. The, I'm talking the the uh, what do you call those big machines? They would have had that country cleaned up. That's what I'm saying. You know, You're people right. in You're Haiti are still right. using shovels to deal to build to uh, dig out foundations for homes. They use shovels. Right. I re- I remember Gwen uh, and 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 uh, Edna Louise jump in whenever you want to. Uh, I remember when I went to Dominican. I've been quite a few times, and uh, we used to when we would go. I would uh, some coworkers of mine. We used to drive the whole island. But anyway, um, I asked somebody one time to take me to Haiti because they said right over those mountains. This noise is driving me crazy. Can y'all hear that? Do, do, yeah. Do you have your yes. phone on the speaker? No, 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 it's nothing. I'm beginning to wonder. Do someone have your phone on the speaker? My phone's Anybody on the speaker. Else? Maybe I'll. Maybe that's it. Stop. Try that. Okay, Try I took that. mine off speaker. Does that help? Mine too. Okay, I took mine off see. speaker. Let's see, let's see. Hello? I don't hear no more. Yes, gone. No, no, there you go. There, there you no, go again. I'm there. gonna call back. I'm gonna call it. But let me ask this question, and I'll call back. 
And Darlene can okay. take a while I'm calling back. But I asked this gentleman, I said, can you take me to Haiti? He said, Haiti is the, right over that mountain is Haiti. I said, well, dang, I want to go to Haiti. He says, no. Yeah. He says, no. Just to validate your point, uh, Gwen, he says, no. I say, why not? And he got on another subject. And right. so I brought it up again. I say, well, listen, you said Haiti is right over that mountain. And he said, yes, but it's rough terrain and Say now, come on, we don't driven over rough terrain. So finally, he told me why he wouldn't take me to Haiti. Why do you think? What do you think he was going to say, Gwen? Just out of curiosity. I'm trying to think. Uh, maybe because I don't know. This man told me that the reason he would not take me to Haiti is because of the witchcraft there. Okay. He and he looked spooked when he was talking. He was saying, "You don't want to go there." It is, you, you just, my brother, you don't want to go. And I was saying, are you serious? He yeah. said, no, we never, he said, we never go to that mountain, ever. And I'm thinking to myself, that's what I call racism right there. <laughs> is the witchcraft. And you have to know that when we, like, when we go, we go with the Haitian Baptist uh, Connection, which is uh-huh. a pastor that has over 200 churches with uh, over 400 pastors that are um, pastoring there in the country of Haiti. So voodoo Uh is not winning out. But I do have to tell you a story. When we were there, we could hear the voodoo drums, and and right outside the compound where we stayed, they would burn voodoo. Um, You know, there were spires. They would burn the the heads. They were burning the, the broom. So we did experience it. Because it is, because that's what, you know, that's what they believe. And we even went by voodoo churches. Even a church that we helped to dedicate is in the same street as where a voodoo church is. But we as Christians have to believe, and as missionaries, especially going into a country where voodoo is the uh, religion of choice, that as Christians we are indwelt with the Holy Spirit. And so we right. don't have to worry about going over there. And and I heard stories where you know the um, you're gonna they're gonna cast spells on you, and and the children are evil. And that was not the case. But that's what. But that's the stories that people are you know are telling to keep people out of Haiti. Yeah, yeah. And to me, I I don't I don't buy. I'm just gonna be honest. I know everybody's different. But we're just sitting up here talking family tonight again. Y'all listen to the Douglas County Family Friends Network. We got uh, uh, Gwen Burks on the line. We're interviewing her. We have Edna Louise from the Kennedy side of the family, as well as Darlene, and also Miss Alpha is holding. So that's what's happening in the family, and we're just talking. But uh, also, um, I kind of don't buy a lot of it, uh, uh, Gwen, and we're just talking about your missionary trip here now. I, I kind of don't buy a lot of it. I told a gentleman, I said, you know what, brother, they're keeping you all from each other. As long right. as y'all fear them, as long as y'all fear them over something called voodoo, I say voodoo don't have no more power than any other demon spirits. There's all kind of demon spirits operating with materialism. I don't know if I said materialism, but I just let it know that they're, the father ain't just holding voodoo up as the biggest sin ever. All kind of stuff is sin that we do every day, all day. And it's just as evil, and it's just divisive, and it will kill, steal, destroy, just like voodoo does, you know. And I, I educated him 
a little bit about, because I did a little research on voodoo, and I talked to him about the origin of it. That's why so many churches, that's why there is voodoo churches. How can you have a voodoo church? When you say church, you have to include Christ. Right. So if they're saying if it's a voodoo church, some kind of way they're trying to mix Christ and church. And yeah, but since we know also we also we also right. know that Satan though wants to imitate Christ. Yes. Yes. And so he imitates yes. him in that way. And I think that's yes. where we have to be um like you Very said, educated true. and understand what we're going into and understand the mind frame of what we're going into and understand right. that we have a how we have an enemy that he wants to imitate and be Christ like. And so yes. and that's why they call it a voodoo church, because we know it's not a church. We know that. But that's right. what they were calling it there. And it was funny because you saw the cross, but it was upside down. Right. On what they called right. the well, church. I was, I was I was letting him know the very origin of it, how it all started years ago, way back in, in, in Africa, and how, uh, you know, how God was in the center of this, but the enemies, it actually came because of Europeans coming over. We're not going to get too deep into this. Just really quick, and I'm going to hit this letter, and we'll go into something else. But the uh, uh, Europeans come over, and, and they were trying to... It, it, it just had its origin originally. These were Christian people, but they got off when they saw cursing people. You know, um, uh, uh, cursing is not new in the Bible. They curse people. You know, I remember Peter told Christ, I think it was Peter said, shall we call down fire from heaven on our enemies? Christ said, no, bless those that persecute you. But if Peter did, if he asked that question, obviously, he had seen somebody do that before. Not, not to mention the Old Testament, lots of people cursed. But anyway, all I was trying to let him know was they are dividing y'all with these lies, talking about these people are more wicked, more evil. In the meantime, they got y'all loving them and hating your friends, your, your relatives across that, that, that mountain. And he kind of looked at me, and he understood what I was saying. But more importantly, Henry Louis Gates went over there later, Glenn, and really exposed the racism and let let them know that, you know, the, did you know the Dominican Republic people, the blacks in Dominican, don't even say that they're black? That's how divisive those people are. So right. hopefully that country will come, hopefully that country will come together because, like I said, the blacks in Dominican Republic is dark as I am, and they say that they are French. It's mm. crazy. But and I also have- went to the Congo. Go ahead. Yeah, and I just wanted to say one last thing about Haiti, is that the people there are beautiful people. They have good hearts, and they want, you know, being, um, and there was five of us that went, and we were all black except for one, and they were amazed to see us, that there's black people that are missionaries going over to Haiti, because usually who they see are the European. You, They see the Caucasians going over. So they wow. really appreciated having us come over and just to talk. The same thing going over to the Congo. They were just really amazed, you know, because they be- – and um, I know you're going to bring up Congo. When we went to Congo and we were in churches, you know, we would open it up for questions, and the first question they would ask us uh, is, you know, how does it feel to be rich? You know, they sure. think that everyone in America is rich. And – and then when we told them that not everyone in America goes to church, they were amazed because they thought that's, you know, all of America was Christians. 
So it's just amazing but, what the perception is of the United States and what we have of them. Well, you know what, you know what, and, and again, uh, uh, Darlene and uh, Edna Louise, just jump in whenever you want. I mean, I know we're going back and forth, but y'all can jump in any time. But uh, I want to say something to you, because it's the second time you've mentioned that they thought we was rich. They thought we was rich. Don't you think it's strange that when we go to these places, because I've had the opportunity to travel to, that's the first thing a lot of them say. Don't you yeah. think that's very strange, and it may be, it may be a family intentional that well, uh, people. It's a superiority. It's a superiority type of philosophy about Americans, and they may want them to think that. Right, but Seth, you have to remember too that a lot of times going to America is where you can do. You know, you can realize your dreams. If you think about it, a lot of Africans come to America, get their degrees, get their education, and then they take it back. Right. Right. Right, but I mean, we we got news, we 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 got ghettos, we got movies where they see poor people all day long through our movies, and and they still holding on to this. Everybody's rich. I know when I went to uh, various places, I, I was faced with that too, and it blew me away how serious they were with it. But let me do this, uh, uh, Darlene, because uh, uh, we, you and I, can just go back and forth because we really. Uh, we already talked a little bit about this, but Darlene, uh, Ed and Louise, I hope anybody have any questions for Gwen? No, I don't have. I don't have. A, I don't have a, oh, okay. <laughs> Go ahead, I, I, have one. I don't have a question, but I just have a statement. Uh, Gwen had a really neat experience there with uh, Mama Paul. Yes, and yes. I would just like her to to state that. Uh, you state that experience. Okay, I, thank you, Mom, for that. Um, the first time that we went over to Haiti, we went over to um, a orphanage called the Good Samaritan Orphanage, and we were driving up, and this was right after the earthquake. So after the earthquake, there were there was not a lot of older people there. Usually the people that we met were younger. I think because of the earthquake, a lot of the older people were taken away and, and uh, taken over to, like, Miami into the hospital there. But when we were over uh, going to the orphanage, we we drive into the orphanage, and you see all the children. And, and there's children all from babies to anywhere to 18 years old. And, but you see them in so many different variety of dress. Some of them don't have on socks. They don't have shoes. They don't even have on diapers. They don't have on underwear. They just have on shirts. You see that with the kids, and you see the hopelessness in their eyes. And it was amazing to drive up into the orphanage, and we hear these people praying. And they're off into this room off to the side of us in the compound. And when, when I say a compound, you literally drive in its dirt. Off to the left are like these lean-tos. And all they are are sticks holding up tin roofs. And these are the classrooms for the children. And it's all open. And then off to the right is just a room where the kids sleep. And all it is is a cement room with with dirt floors, and the kids are sleeping on the floors. But we drive in, and we hear these people praying off to the side. And then in the distance, in the back in the kitchen, I can see this these billowing steam, uh, billowing steam of smoke coming out of the kitchen. 
not understanding what was going on. So we we get out of the truck, we go in, and we we're there with the children, and we're teaching the children about Jesus Christ. We're we're talking to them, um, and we also they're building a bracelet, salvation bracelet. And then at the end, when we get ready to leave, we take out candy to give to the kids. And I mean, when we took out the candy, the kids, it was like they rushed us. It was like they were starving when they got all the candy. And so, and I'll remember, um, we were getting ready to leave, and Mama Paul, who was this older woman who took the kids off the street of Haiti after the earthquake, there was a lot of kids left without their parents, and what they were finding is that a lot of people were taking the kids and exploiting them and using them to sell them on the streets to make money. And then also a lot of the people that came in, the missionaries that were coming into the country, were then taking the children out of the country. And so Haiti did not want that because they didn't want the kids to not be in the country. So anyway, so Mama Paul is there. She has um, she has over 100 children there. And we're giving the candy. And usually, and what we did as a group is that we would take money and leave money there so that they would have money in the orphanage. Well, on that particular day, the the you see the billowing steam in the background. On that particular day, we stop and we put you know we encircle Mama Paul, put our hands on her, and we start praying for her. And our pastor handed her the money. She just started crying and praising God. She was just, and we didn't understand what was going on. Well, her nephew, who spoke English, came and told us that they didn't have food to feed those kids that day. They didn't have any money, nothing. And so, and we weren't even supposed to be there on that day. We were supposed to have been there the um, the next the day before, but because there was a fire, and they don't have fire trucks, they just had to let the fire burn out. So with us coming on that day, we were able to give her money, and they and the guy got in the truck with us and went and got food for those kids. So that's just the power of where we see God using us all the way from Fresno, California, to be able to go to that orphanage and help to feed those children and to feed um, to feed um, the staff and everybody there. That's just a testimony. Wow. Wow. Well, you know what? It's good. It's very refreshing hearing you talk. I'm going to tell you why, uh, Gwen, because it sounds like y'all are missionaries that are really out there, uh, were, you know, when you was out there uh, doing the right thing. I had the opportunity to go to a place called Papua New Guinea, and uh, this is about you, but I just want to share this really quick. This was my only encounter with missionaries uh, abroad. Uh, and I stayed, this friend of mine, he just, uh, Reverend Pandy, he would not stay in the hotel. I kept saying, Reverend Pandy, I don't want to stay with no missionaries. He said, oh, brother, since you would like it. Plus, you know, they this, they American. So I let him talk me into staying at this missionary camp. I'll never forget it as long as I live. It was a very nice place, nice, comfortable bed. They got the uh, newspapers brought in from all over the world daily. But it troubled me because it was fenced off. It was fenced off. And I promise you, Gwen and family, these folks hardly ever went outside that place. <laughs> okay, yeah. No, we're there to serve. Yeah. 
Yeah, so it's very refreshing. But listen, we have a, a question or comment. Someone is, is uh, wanting to chime in here. Erico two one zero six five three. Go ahead with your question or comment. Hello. 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 Emma Johnson. Emma Douglas Johnson. Hey, <laughs> Hi, Gwen. You are doing a wonderful job. Thank you, Aunt Jewel. I'll hear your uh, voice. Yeah. Yes, now, you too. Miss, Miss, yes, too. I was just Miss, sitting here, say, I was just sitting here saying hallelujah. Amen. Well, well, hold on, Miss Emma Jewel. Identify yourself because some people don't know who you are. <laughs> okay, I'm Emma Douglas, Emma Jewel Douglas Johnson. I'm the daughter of Ennis Buddy Douglas and Ines Cliff Douglas. And I Oprah, Oprah Pierce is my sister, and Norman Earl Douglas, the first one we had on for my family, is my brother, and Gwen is my niece of my sister, Oprah, and also Janice Watson, which you've had on several times, is my niece from my sister, Catherine Douglas Griffin, and Darnine, of course, hey, Darnine, is, hey. is my niece. For my brother Ellis Douglas, so with the buddy Douglas and this Douglas Cliff family. And Emma and Emma, uh, I mean Emma Jewel. Before you, uh, I want you to say hi to the Kennedy. We got a uh, uh, Edna Louise on the line of the Kennedy line. Say hi. Hi, Edna Louise. How are you? I well, Emma. How are you tonight? <laughs> I'm fine, and I've I've always wondered about. The Canada side, the only person that, that I ever knew from the Canada side was Farman Kennedy. Do you remember Farman Kennedy? I, I remember him vaguely. I was very young when he died. He was the one that died in the fire, in the correct? Fire, in the fire, yes. And yes. his wife was Rosetta. I, I, I knew him well. He used to come with my brother, Darlene's dad, Ellis, home yes. when they lived up in Fort Worth in this area. He'd come with Ellis. And they would come and stay with us several days. So I knew Farman well, and as a matter of fact, he and his wife, Rosetta, came to Milana and stayed with us for about two or three months, and they had a couple of children. So I knew okay. Farman well, and that's the only one that I knew from the Canada side. So I'm so happy to know you uh, and to learn more about my Canada side. Well, wonderful. Well, my mother was Edna B. Kennedy. So she yeah. talked about, and I met Rosetta when she came to sing in Mount Zion once. Oh, Rosetta and, was, had a beautiful voice. She used to sing around our house all the time. She had those green eyes. <laughs> yeah, very, I've well, got, can you tell me about her? Do you know what happened to after Farman no. died and some of the children? What happened to Rosetta and the other children? Uh, no, I don't. I only met her that time in... So when I was I was in the military at the time, and I came home to visit, and she was there visiting, and I met her. And I recall her telling me that I looked like her daughter because in that fire she lost one or two of her children, I recall. I know. Um, I know. I heard, I heard about that, and I was so sad about that. You know, yeah, I've and, uh, over mm-hmm. the years. Well, 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 well hey, Miss Emma Jewel. And Miss, uh-huh. uh Edna Louise, we're gonna have to do uh-huh. a show on this, on that. That sounds like that could be pretty lengthy. 
Okay. We're going to have to do yeah, a show on that. I would like to know more about that. But okay. let me ask you this, Emma. You was, Emma, you was getting ready to say Hello? something about Gwen. And we don't want you to forget your thought, Emma, about what you're going to say about uh, Gwen, because we can, we can go down that road another time, if y'all don't mind. Okay. Uh, Gwen, uh, Gwen, yeah, I was right there when Gwen was born. And uh, so I remember from birth all the way up to now, such a wonderful person. All of my family is such a wonderful person, those I know and don't know, too. So, And she's uh, such a religious person. She's just filled with the Holy Ghost and such a wonderful person. And it's just so, we're just so blessed to have her as part of our family. Thank you, Angela. Oh, you're welcome, sweetie. So well, I guess I'll me, first and give other. No, you're doing uh-huh. you're doing great. You're doing great, Miss Emma Joy. It's so good to hear your voice again. We haven't heard from you in a good while. Well, uh, you know, I've had my up. hand up several times, but you have other people, and I understand you. Hey, you can't get to me all the time, but I do be listening. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's good to have you on. Good to hear your voice. I want to ask. Uh, a question to uh, any uh, before I get to answer my question, darling. You or him? Uh, uh, you, do you have anything for um, Gwen? Any question or comment? Uh, do Louis? Uh, uh, either one of y'all? Uh, well, I I really don't. So, say Gwen has already told us about all of that. <laughs> no, she, well, she always yeah. shares with us about. Haiti, whenever she goes, and all and everything. So, so it was just good listening to her again tonight. Yes. Okay. Well, let me let me do this. Uh, 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 Darlene, uh, Edna, Louise, y'all have anything for Gwen before I ask my question? I don't want to ignore y'all. If they don't, I have one other. If they don't, I have one other comment. Okay. Go ahead, and then I'll ask my question. Okay. I just wanted Gwen to. To indicate about her Christian Women Unity Alliance encouraging moment. Okay. Thank you, Mom, for that reminder. Um, Cousin Seth, um, I am part of a um, community called the Christian Women's Unity Alliance. And what we do is that every Monday, at um, every Monday for, for about less than two minutes, I send out an encouraging message. And it's scripture, and then it's a devotion. And it's less than two minutes. I do it every Monday. And right now, we probably touch about three to 400 people. So it's not just women, it's also men. And the way that we do it is that I record the devotion, and then we send it out uh, via your cell phone or via your home phone, and it leaves the message on there. And then you can listen to it at your leisure, or you can answer the phone. But I've probably been doing that now for about two years. Wow. Wow, that is good. That is great to hear. Well, I heard uh, uh, Emma Jewel say you feel with the Holy Ghost. That's important because without him leading and guiding us, probably a lot of this wouldn't be possible. Amen, amen. And I want to say, Cousin Seth, that if anyone is interested in being on that e-courager, that they can give me a call, they can uh, email me, or they can call me, and I will add them to the uh, list. Oh, thank you. Uh, Go ahead and say that one again. 
Okay, I said if anyone would like to be a part of that e-courager with the Christian Women's Unity Alliance, it's a devotion that I do every Monday. Uh, it's less than two minutes. Um, I want to leave my cell phone number so that you can call me or text me, and I will add you to the list. My number oh, right is, up. is everybody ready? It's 559 301 5509. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Well, Let me say it one more time. Uh, it's 559-301-5509. Leave me a text or you can leave me a voice message, and I will add you to the e Thank you, Mom. You're welcome. Thank you. Yes, Ms. Yes, Miss Alpha, that was very good you bringing that up. That was very, very good. Well, listen, uh, family, again, we're listening to, uh, we're interviewing the one and only Gwen Burks, missionary. Uh, we're going to talk about that Congo here in a little bit, too. But in both Haiti and in the Congo of Africa. And uh, we have her on the line. We have also Emma Jewell on the line, her aunt and her mother, Iopa, as well as. Darlene uh, from the same side of the family, and then cousin. we have cousin. Okay, what did I say? That's okay. You're fine. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh, my, my bad. My bad. And we have Edna Louise from the Kennedy side of the family, which, like I said to her and Emma Jewel a minute ago, I definitely want to do a show on the Kennedys and and Edna. Just really quick, and I want to get back to. Um, Gwen, really, really quick. I, we know about Jerry. You know Jerry, right? Yes, my first cousin. <laughs> well, we know her. And darling, what was her sister name, real quick? I don't Jerry have Kennedy. a sister. I, no, well, no, I don't know her sister. I know Evelyn, Evelyn, Evelyn. and Yvonne. Yeah, Evelyn, they're cousins. So got- uh, Evelyn and Yvonne are sisters, and. Uh, they're both our cousins. Uh, they just have the oh. same last name. Jerry married a Williams, okay. and so did Ed. <laughs> okay. So we finally yeah. have a show where we can say uh, Douglas Kennedy and mean it. So finally, it's yeah. good to have you on, uh, Edna Louise. Did you have anything for Miss Gwen before I, we start talking about the Congo? Uh, well, I've, I've written down all the information that she provided, and so uh, I'll be sending you a text. Gwen, so that I can uh, uh, be placed on your encourager list. I would love that. So please, please, please feel free to just text me or call me, and I will add anyone. That's and it's it's not just women. We're trying to encourage all people. Yes, I like to share it so that way I can share it with my the young people in my family. I'll have them. You know, I provide to them as well because. I'm always trying to encourage them to know more about their family. And okay, and let me just give my number one more time. It's 559-301-5509. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's good, that's good. So listen, let's do this. Uh, uh, Miss Gwen, I want to again thank you for coming on. You didn't have to accept this. Sometimes people tell me, oh, no, I don't do the whole 
blog thing. So you didn't have to come on. Thank you for coming on, accepting. And uh, this has been very, very informal, listening to all that that's went on in Haiti. I learned a lot, and uh, we're going to talk about this Congo here in a second. But I wanted to take a quick little break, all right? And uh, family, we're going to be right back. I just got to get me uh, something to drink and monk some other things. So if y'all can just hold on, and we'll be right back. But I'm enjoying this. We got a little bit of everybody on the line here tonight. And y'all been doing real good keeping your lines uh, 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 quiet, uh, like uh, Iofa was saying earlier. So I really appreciate that. Well, earlier you heard he lives in me. He lives in you by Diana Ross. Here's another version of He Lives in You by the one and only uh, Robin uh, Robert Robinson. And family will be right back. Check this out. He lives in you because he really does. It'll start up here in a second. I'd like to bring on now Mr. Robert Robinson.
Okay, folks, and we're back. We're back. We're back. And you, that was, uh, again, Robert Robinson talking about he lives here, talking about the most high, folks. He's talking about the one and only creative life and death. He lives in you. He empowers you. Scripture says it like this. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That's what that song is talking about. Anyway, folks, you listen to the Douglas Cannon Family Friends Network. I'm Seth, and we have on the phone lines Darlene, all the way from Austin, Texas, Edna Louise, all the way from Fort Worth, and we got some California folk in the, in the house. Uh, Miss our host, uh, excuse me, our guest, uh, Gwen Birch, and her mother, Iofa. And we'll go back to the phone lines. Everybody's phone line is now open. Okay, Miss Gwen Birch, let's talk about the Congo. The Congo, I'm very anxious to hear what happened in Africa, in the Congo. They say it's the most war-torn country on the planet. All that rubber and all of those valuable resources that the West is trying to get have threw that country into a lot of war. So what's happening with on the missionary side? Well, um, I was able... I'm blessed to be able to go to to the Congo and went to um that's interesting that you said that it's so war torn. I mean, it's a beautiful country also. You do see the poverty there, the poverty level, even though um it did not have the earthquake. I would equate that with Haiti about how um impoverished the country is. And you would think with all the ivory and all the gold that's there, that the Africans would not be poor, but they are. Um, you know, just being able to go and being able to witness to the people was awesome. Um, we went with Dr. Zosh, who is a evangelist, and he's from uh, uh, the Congo, and he also goes to the church that I attend. So that's how uh-huh. I was able to Congo with him. Um I don't know, Seth, I, I just, you know, being able to go and, and go to see the Congo River, I can tell you, when we landed, we just cried because we were, I, I can't explain to you about being on the motherland and seeing the beauty that was there, and um, but also having an understanding about what that country and the nation has been through. And here we are. Oh, yeah. You know, here we are, a couple of Americans coming from, you know, California and able to go and and experience the real Africa, being able to experience the poverty, you know, going to some homes there where they were literally dug out the side of a mountain. So there was no electricity. There was no running water. And these are families with small children. And but going there and seeing their faith in God and, and seeing how they just um, believe that they're blessed, that they don't know that they don't have much. You know what I'm saying? So it was just it was uh-huh. awesome to experience that. Well, you know what's funny? And, again, folks, I'm going to just talk. I'm just talking here to my cousin. Uh, anybody on the phone line with questions or comments, you're more than welcome to join the conversation. Still, our open Emma Jewel is on the line live, Emma. If y'all want to chime in, it's not, not a big deal, okay? But uh, I'm listening to you, and I must say, 
I must say I'm getting somewhat of an education because I'm going to be honest with you, family. I have kind of a bad attitude towards a lot of missionaries after my trip to uh, Papua New Guinea because I stayed with those two for a week, and I experienced so much racism in that little, in that um, whatever you call it. It was about, oh, 30 missionaries there. And I promise you, folks, I was on the investigative mode because I heard so much. And I listened and I asked questions, and, and they really didn't want me there. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, this is a household of faith. I mean, and so what, I was black. I was kind. I was courteous. I made sure I, if I took a shower, I made sure everything, I heard a little noise in the background, folks. So I don't know who that is, but you got to be very quiet. We got a lot of lines open. But uh, I didn't see them people go out once. And it's like they was there to just get their benefits and die. And and uh, I'm thinking to myself, Maybe, I know what y'all are saying. Well, Seth, maybe there was a time where they don't go out every day. I'm not saying they got to be out there in the streets every day, but it was how they treated me while I lived there. It wasn't they didn't go out. That was part of it. But it was really nice place. It was really nice. And they had these high fence, and these people act like they didn't want to have nothing to do. And then one more thing I'll say to y'all, and then we're gonna, I want to hear what uh, Gwen, what her comments are about this. I and I think it was the father showing me something. I was uh, in Papua New Guinea with a place called Port Moresby, and uh, I was waiting on Robin Penny to go in this bank because we was getting money out of this. Well, he was getting his money out of the bank, and I stumbled upon the embassy, U.S. Embassy, United States Embassy. And I don't know if y'all know anything about the embassy, but once you step inside of the embassy, it's like you are in the United States. And remember, right. folks, it's after ten o'clock. It's after 10 o'clock. If anybody get hung up on, you're going to have to call somebody already on the show. As bad as this line is, I can't hang up and call back. So so if somebody had me on speaker, whatever y'all did before, do it again because this line got back with the echoing. But uh, check this out. I'll get off, so that may help. No, it's not not just you being on. uh, You've been on many times. It's something somebody must have me on uh, uh, that something that wasn't going on earlier before the break. But uh, but it's so many people can, on there. It's so many people. No, on, so that's, many that's not it. That's them. not it. No, that's okay. not it. I've had I've had five, six people on just like this before. This is something different. But uh, anyway, it's not that bad. But uh, I guess I just have to talk lower or something. I don't know. But yeah, and mom, you don't mom, this. you don't need to get off. The fun, it's fine. Okay. Yeah. You're fine, and we like you. We want you to hang around. <laughs> but anyway, check this out. What happened at this embassy? Check out this, y'all. And I would love to know what Gwen and, and uh, Edna Louise and Darlene and all y'all think of this. This really happened to me. So I stepped in the U.S. embassy because I always get a kick out of going in there. We're in the middle of a nowhere, and you go off, and then people saying, "Hey, how are you doing?" There, I'm from Louisiana. I'm from wherever they're from. So this this white gentleman met me at the door. And we got to talking, and I asked him what he do for the embassy, and he told me. But then he started just telling me everything, which was not normal for someone at an embassy to just start rattling off pretty important stuff. And one of the things he told me was his uncle headed up the embassy. And I know you have run into embassies in your missionary work, Gwen. And he started telling me that he... Loves it in Papua New Guinea, but his uncle tells 
the, the state that it's a horrible place. And I say, why would he do that? He says, because his uncle loves it here. And if he says something bad about Papua New Guinea, then um, no, uh, 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 if he says something bad about Papua New Guinea, nobody, nobody's going to want to come here. So uh, I thought that was very interesting that his uncle gave in, intentionally bad information about that country so that other people won't bump him out of the position and he can stay and retire there. So when we Google Papua New Guinea, a lot of the information we're getting, if it's true what this young man said, it's false information. Right. You see how people control us with misconceptions? And, and I went all throughout that, not all throughout the country, that's, that's not true. I went all throughout Port Moresby. And those people got along very well. But if you, if you Google right now Papua New Guinea, and start looking at what it say about the country, it's a, it will have you hating black countries. And I think that's why Americans have such a bad attitude towards Africa. And that's why I brought all this up, because our cousin here, Gwen, has been to the Congo. So, Gwen, what have you, have you noticed anything in the Congo that we are taught one way here in the States, but when you got to the Congo, you saw something else? Well, Seth, you know, I want to speak to that about what you said, because I think that we we have to understand that uh, we live in a, in a sin sick world, and so and that is one man's opinion, and unfortunately, uh, he does have the the uh, the influence. But that's where I think it's our responsibility that if things aren't right, you know, just like me having this forum to be able to talk about going to Congo and the things that I experienced. And, Seth, I have never, we never went to the uh, embassy. We didn't. We, we, all we had to do was register with them to let them know that we were there, but I've never been inside the embassy, just so that you know that. But, I, you know, I, I just, I think it's like, um, you know, blacks here in America, how we get a bad rap and people kind of group us all together. And I think that's why it's important that we have a voice that we, um, t- you know, tell people no, that isn't true. That Papua New Guinea is a beautiful place. You know, he ha- obviously he had a reason why he wanted to stay there. But just like going to Africa, Africa is a poor, you know, it's a poor country, but it's beautiful. The people, and it's, I think it's the people that you come in contact with also. So yes, I don't know yes, if that answered yes. your question. Yeah, it did. It did. And it's just, like you said, the answers, we got to keep educating the public when we do run across this. I was blown away. And I think the young man wanted to kind of vent and kind of confess his singing, so to speak. He said, I'm a mechanic. I said, you're a what? He says, I'm a mechanic. I mean, I said, like an auto mechanic? He said, yes. But my uncle persuaded me to come here, and I love it here. He says, but no, he will not say nothing good about this country on that report. Now, this is a stranger. He had no reason to be talking to me like that. He could be right. in trouble. I, he didn't know who I was. But I'm just, I think the father, he guides us all, I believe, was educating me. Because I've run into stuff like that in more than just that country, you know, all over, you know. Um, but anyway, Miss Gwen. Yeah. Uh, in the Congo, uh, 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 um, any any more um, situations, stories, encounters with mission work there? 
Um, you know, being in, in the Congo, and, and we were able to go to universities, and that was awesome to see um, the universities that they have there and how um, 98% of the country are educated, which is and they're, they're college-educated. That was amazing to me to hear that, but the country now, is so now, poor. Now, hold on, hold on, hold on a second. I, you just, that blew my mind now. Wait a second. 98% educated. Yeah. Okay? If you say all that poverty was there, but yet they have the gold, the ivory, the rubber. Folks, are y'all reading between the lines here? The West. It's us. It's We're exploiting those people. It's Europe. I mean, can you smell it? Can you smell the colonization, the imperialism? imperialism? That's what just gets to me about you know, our, all these black countries, these so-called underdeveloped countries, we're the ones causing the poverty. So, you know, I, I say yes, send missionaries over there, but I really wish we leave these countries alone, and if we don't have it, we just got to do without it. Because that's that's the most craziest thing I've heard. 90% yeah, but it's, that, that's the same thing with racism here in America and how blacks are held down and and even, um, Seth, I work at, at Fresno Pacific University, and I am the executive assistant to the president. And okay. I still see racism. And I work in a Christian university. So what I think what I'm trying to say is that we all are not perfect. We haven't made it. And But I also think that's why God has me there, so that I can learn that, so that I can be a light to someone so yes. they can see an African American in a position like that, and that. Um, but I'm being obedient to God, and, and I'm going to honor God first. And I'm not going to use the position, you know. Here, it, it, it's it's about honoring God. That's what I'm saying. And not everyone is going to do that. And we have to. We live in a sensitive world, so I think we have to understand that. Well, let me ask you this. You- uh, 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 and, uh, and again, y'all, if y'all don't say anything, I'll just keep talking. So jump in any time, Miss Iopa, Emma Jewel, Darlene, Edna Louise, anytime, anytime. But um, you said a Christian Wait, university. Hey, right? Seth, can I ask, are any of, um, like, um, any other Douglas or, or Kennedys on the phone that would like to ask a question? I'd like to hear from them. Yeah, I just, I just, I just gave an invitation. Uh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that's what I was just saying. Anybody? Uh, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll put them on Front Street. How about that? Miss Darlene, <laughs> you have anything? If not, it's no big deal. Um, when when you go over there, when you're going from point A to point B, I saw this in, in Mexico, okay? To go through the point, it's like the security people, or at the points with like machine guns? Did you see any of that? No. Uh, yeah, you do see that. I'm not gonna. In Haiti, you see that going to rest. Like there was one restaurant that we go to. It's called the Epidor, and there it, there are armed guards there. There they are because the country was in such a turmoil, and there was a lot of theft. There was a lot. Um, there was a lot of kidnappings. I mean, going over there, it's not easy. But, Darlene, I don't go over there afraid. I can't because I'm going there to do what God has called me to do. And I go over there okay. knowing that God is going to protect me 
and he has. I mean, nothing has ever happened to me since I've been over there. And I know that it's, um, you know, that God is protecting me. Um, but you do see the armed guards. You do see that. You know, and we and I've never been anywhere where we weren't protected. Like, so any place, they always have. Um, we have escorts, okay. and even okay. in the compound that I sleep in, we have an armed guy that's at the gate with a gun that protects us. Okay. Okay, Gwen, I want to ask you a question. Okay. Okay, uh, Aunt Emma here. And, I know that you go over there yearly, and I know how you enjoy that. How would you feel about living over in Haiti or Africa? Aunt Jewel, I, I honestly believe that that has that God uh, that was something that I've been praying about. That maybe God, you know, I've been when I first went, and I still feel that 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 may be a calling on my life is to go and stay there and work in the orphanage. Okay. Okay. So. And I'm going to be obedient to what God has for me. Okay, so if you did live there, what would your living facilities be like? It would be it would be in a compound like they are going over to the African countries, Haiti to the Congo. You have to imagine that they're cement, open air buildings, and in front of every home is probably a ten to fifteen foot gate with spikes or glass at the top to protect it. And then they have iron gates that open up to let cars in and out. It's it's protected. So you know how like how in America you can drive and you see the homes? There you see gates. You do not see the homes. Okay, Stanley, then. Let me, we, let, go ahead, Emma. Uh, Eric code 817, we got two hands that just went up. So, Emma, go ahead, take your time, finish your other question. Then I'm coming to you, 817-353, and we also got a private caller. Go ahead, Emma. Okay, I'll I'll just ask one other question. Would you have the facilities available to you that we have in the United States? Um, no. Would you have running water? Would you have indoor bathrooms or things like that? And uh, Um. We may, uh, the running water, it's the country uh, kind of controls that. So when we were there, some days we had water, some days we didn't. Some days we had electricity, some days we don't. But you if know, you live there permanently, would you have those facilities? No. I, I mean, I would have I would have a bathroom, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I would have running water. And I would, um, you know, because we took a lot of cold showers. We took a lot of, you know, put water in a, in a, t- in a bucket, and that's how we bathed. Okay. Wow. Well, well, listen, family, just hold on a second. Let's go to the phone lines. Um, let's see here. We got area code 817-353. Go ahead with your question or comment. Okay, yes, Gwen. This is Donna on uh, Irene, uh, daughter, oldest daughter. I was wanting to know... Um, I think you pretty much answered it. If you were to go over there and live uh, and not being with the missionary uh, group and you were on your own, you wouldn't have access to the compound. You would pretty much have to look for your own place to stay like the rest of the the people that are living in poverty there. 
Right. Well, what I would do is that I would go being a part of the uh, being a part of the the, uh, the church connection the that we go with right. now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would go with them. I would have my own place. Yes. Right. And another question: Say, uh, like you would want to do something like that, how would you go about doing it? Uh, you you hear a lot of people going in in teams groups, but you know it's not really out there for you to to know how to join up, or is it just with certain churches that they take their own members? Well, no, um, just like how we were able to connect with the the Haitian Baptist um, Connection, and and, um, as I said before, it's a network of over 200 churches, so you could really connect with any one of those churches and then be able to go work and be able to go live and and make a living that way. Because, see, I would want to work in the orphanage, and I know that I wouldn't have a salary. Okay, and say, like, if you did go over there, uh, for the missionary, just for a short period of time, which is probably like what two weeks. Right, um, we go about two weeks. Right. So when you go over there, you, you are you working with medical, or are you just working with the orphanage? Or no, we, we don't work with the medical. We're uh, going over working with the churches there. So we're doing more of um, evangelizing, Christian outreach. Okay. Right. So yeah, that's that's what I wanted to know. I've always wanted to 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 go. I hear people going off because I think it will make a major change in in our lives to know that you know that people in in these countries that are living this in this lifestyle how they're they are grateful and we take stuff for granted here. Absolutely, you know, we have it, it, water, it, it we changed have my condition. life. Right. Absolutely. So my deal is sometimes we get too comfortable. And our lifestyles, and we kind of forget. We really kind of forget who God really is. We don't, you know, I, y'all excuse me for the baby. But to me, I think it would change my mindset. Yeah. To really have to go through it. I don't know what it is to bathe in cold water. I don't know what it is to sleep on dirt floors. Or, you know, the food may not be in acquired taste. Or right. be extremely hot. You know, I, that would be a major uh, what do you call it? A mental shock. But and, again, and I, I would want to be led by God too. And I know anytime we're doing something for God, it's it's His will. So right, you know, and I He's going to always wanted to do that. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. Right, and he and and that's one thing I wanted to say that if God takes us to it, He He's going to make a provision. Exactly, we'll go through it. That's what I wanted to know. I really appreciate it, and it was very. Educational, and uh, well, well, thank you, Donna, for that comment and question. And and you know, I wanted to say also, we didn't talk about the average salary in a Haiti is two hundred dollars a year. About, I'm sorry, it's it's um, the average salary in Haiti. I'm sorry, it is two hundred dollars a month. And so they average about $3 a day. You know what? I'm going to take this next caller. Uh, uh, we're coming to your private line there. But you know yeah. what? Uh, the more I hear you talk, would somebody have something to say? I heard somebody call my name. Hello? Okay. I don't know. Anyway, um, I hear a little noise. But anyway, 
uh, Gwen, the more you talk, the more I, this is how I'm hearing you. I thank the Father for Americans going over there, and I'm going to say reintroducing them to Christ, because I know that gospel was there a long time ago, and that is the truth. But right. for whatever reason, they don't have it now. And it's good to take it over there and, and present it to the people because we have to do that. It's what we're commissioned to do. But I cannot help but to think of the West and all the exploitation that's causing these horrible situations you're looking at. Let's go to this next caller. Maybe they'll have something to say about that. Okay, you know who you are. I don't have a phone number. It's just a private line. Go ahead with your question or comment. Hi, Cousin Seth. This is um, Cousin Janice calling from California. Hello, Gwen. Hi, Cousin. How are you? Hello, hello. Aunt Emma Jewel and all the other family members. I thought I was getting ready to get cussed out. Hey, Janice, Janice, I thought I was getting ready to to have to encounter one of those rough calls. I thought somebody was getting ready to say something stupid. But I'm so glad (laughs) this private line turned out right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Amen. Oh no, for once well, I'm at ahead. home and at traveling. But I just wanted to say, Gwen, um, Gwen and I, we are first cousins. Uh, my mother, Catherine Douglas Griffin, is she has two sisters, and both are on the line, uh, Aunt Emma Jewel and Aunt Iopa. So Gwen and I, we have grown up together, very, very close. Had a very Close childhood um, from birth, we're like a year and a half apart in ages. So uh, both in California, we've experienced a lot of different things throughout our childhood, children, marriages, births, everything, you name it. We're very close-knit. And I just want to say I'm very thankful uh, to see Gwen and what she's doing, and I'm very proud of her. She's very accomplished. Uh right now being a single black woman, and she has a, her Bachelor of Science, she has a master's degree, but her to even want to go over into the orphanages and help with the children, uh, because these children, I mean, they're from, you know, as young as 15 to babies, grown adults, and a lot of them, they're in need of love, care, and affection, and most of the time, the, the local staff there, they're too busy to offer that to these black children on an individual basis. So, you know, and I've Gwen has shared with me, and I've been able to see the videos and everything, and I see them working in the orphanages, and they're, you know, providing the love, attention, and the mental stimulation that all these children need. And, you know, we here in America, you know, our children develop that. They have the healthy social skills and the self-confidence, and you don't see that over there. And I've just been able to see the, the radiance and the how the children light up, and it's just, her being over there, it's made a large impact on both, not only Gwen, but the orphans and the individuals over there themselves. And so I just want to say that, you know, I'm thankful for her for donating her time and energy, volunteering, doing that, because I know a lot of us, we go on vacations and what have you. I know we went over to the Dominican Republic, but we weren't over in the Haiti side. You know, we were over there, you know, enjoying our vacation doing something different, but that's what Gwen enjoys, and that's what her calling is, and I'm blessed that she's my cousin. I'm able to witness and see her doing this, and I'm very appreciative and seeing how exciting and life-changing it is for her, and 
what is manifested in her life. And I just wanted to say that, and I love you, and I'm appreciative of you, Gwen, and all you're doing. Thank you. That's very, very sweet. Thank you. And I thank God because it's his calling on me. But thank you, Janice, for that. And Janice, that was a very, very good uh, compliment. Very, very timely. And uh, just for the record, I want to chime in on what she was saying. It is a good thing to, the Bible says, bless, uh, uh, how does it say it, uh, the feet of them that bring good news. How lovely on the mountain are the feet of them that bring good news. So to bring good news to Haiti, to bring good news to the Congo, is a blessing. And the Amen. sacrifice, the, the cold water, the threatening, your life being threatened constant. You can be doing so many other things than over there trying to feed children, educate children. So it is a beautiful thing to go on the mission field. Let me just say that because I don't want my comments to be misunderstood. But it's just a shame that the mess was even created by the West in the first place. You know, and so, but I thank God that we have those that are say, you know what, I'm going to obey the Father and go and help clean up what the United States and Europe and all these powerful countries are doing. There's no way in the world people grown up with degrees should be making $200 a month. We got to look at both sides. We can't just look at one side. We got to stop creating Stop imperializing, taking our boys and armies and Air Force and Navy and having them all over the world a part of this imperialistic um, behavior of our country. But I'm so thankful for policemen and a military and all of those that are trying to go out and make a change. And so just know, uh, family, Gwen, that your work is very appreciated, very appreciated, you know, a high calling. It's a high calling to be a school teacher, to be a principal, to be a minister, to be a missionary. These are people that go out and, and, and work on the spiritual side of our planet, of our world. So I'm so thankful. But listen, family. Yes, big time, big time. That's why I brought you on. That's why I chose, you know, because darling, we throw names around for different people to bring on, but when I saw missions, that's why I brought you on. Uh, Janice, your line is still open. Any more comments or questions, then I'll mute your line, and we'll wrap this no. show up. Yeah. I was just, you know, it's just when you see it, it's humbling, and, you know, to see a woman or a man over there and to know that they make $200 a month and that, you know, they don't complain, they're working, they're doing what they can do, and then you come over here in America and you <laughs> see so many, especially of our people and especially you know, the black African-American man that's not out there doing anything and that is panhandling or that says he can't get a job. But I know that's a whole other subject, and I don't <laughs> want to go into that, but it's just it makes you so, you just, you you know, there's just, there's something wrong there. There's something wrong there, you know, that they don't want yeah. to get a job. They're not working. They don't, they want this. Yes. They want to take care of their Yes, 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 big time. Well, listen, uh, Janice, appreciate your comment, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and mute your line if you're done. And I'm going ask the co-host, I guess I should start with Miss Alpha, your mother, and uh, so I guess Janice is done. Um, and so we'll go to Miss Alpha and see what she has to say to her daughter, 
Let's go to Emma Jewel first. Let's go to Emma Jewel first. Miss Emma Jewel, you have any yes. closing comments? Anything to say to well, Miss Gwen? Just, well, I'd just like to say again, I, I'm very appreciative that Gwen came on and shared this information with everyone because when she shares it with us, we really enjoy it. And I, I love hearing uh, about Haiti and Africa and all the work that she's doing. And I'm always encouraging her to continue. I just hope she doesn't decide to go and live because <laughs> it would be hard for us to come over there. <laughs> but anyway, but but uh, I applaud you and keep up the good work. And anytime I can help you, you know I'm here. Thank you. And I wanted to say, I'll take this opportunity to let everyone know that we plan to go again this year. We're going to go May 9th through the uh, 17th. So that's uh, the two weeks. And um, we, I would appreciate any financial support, any prayer support. It's greatly needed to pray for the team. Um, it's my pastor, Edward B. Lee, with uh, Mount Olive Missionary Church, is really been instrumental in getting me over to Haiti and just the love that I have for the people and for the children. Well, I appreciate that. Miss Emma Jewell, thank you for coming on and commenting and uh, just being Emma Jewell. Amen. Thank you, Seth, and I really enjoy your show, and keep up the good work. You're doing a wonderful job, you, Darlene, and all the other co-hosts and family members. Thank you. And you're welcome. You're welcome. All right, Miss Iofa, I'll let you go next. Uh, what do you have to say to your daughter in closing here? I... I Excuse me. I would just like to say I am just, I feel so blessed to have uh, just a Gwen that is doing just beautiful, beautiful work. I worry about her when she started talking about going. But then when I realize how much faith she has in what she's doing and know the Lord is going to protect her, that I just put it in his hand. And I, like my sister, I do, I hope that she don't decide to go there and live. But if that's where the Lord is leading her, who am I to say where she should be? You are such a blessing to the family, and I would just like to say um, I just feel so blessed. My husband and I just, we just frequently talk about uh, how our family is Christ, is a Christian family. Amen. And it is just wonderful to have children uh, that is so uh, dependent on Christ. Amen. And Grand is just one of the ones that just leads the charge. And uh, and then the others is also there just doing what they can do. And we have a group of family people that is just on fire for God. And we just, we just thank good. you. And thank the Lord for that, and thank Gwen for coming on and just uh, informing people about what what God can do. Amen. What, you know, yes. what he's done yes. for others, he'll do it for you. Amen. And, and so what we know we just need to do is just take it one day at a time. Thank you. Yes, and I yes, just yes. Thank the, I just thank you, Seth, and Darlene, and all the other people that take that. Take this day out of their life each week to just be there for the family. That is, you're not not everybody would do that, and it's just a blessing to have you doing that. And we are just 
feel so thankful and so blessed. And so thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Seth. Thank you, Gwen. God love you, and so do I. Thank you, Mom. And so I will push uh, the number one button. <laughs> okay. Thank you. you that's good. You, she's all pro at it now. Well, that was Owl for the mother of Gwen. She's a pro at it. She's right. When you go off, press one. And speaking of pressing one, I think we had another private line that may have a question. If you have a question or comment for Gwen and you're on a private line, I'm sorry. I I got it mixed up with Janet's number. So this is what I want you to do. Just keep hitting one, like hitting one, then hit it. And that way your, your, your light will literally blink at me. It'll literally blink at me, and that says, hey, I'm here. So whenever you all want my attention, just keep hitting one, like one, one, like that. Okay, so it's not doing it, so I guess we're cool. All right, uh, so that was Miss Alpha, and uh, thank you, Miss um, Alpha, for raising Gwen. How about that? Producing such an asset to the family. All right, we'll go to the one and only Miss Edna Louise. On the Kennedy side of the family, I'm again. I thank you for coming on, and I really meant what I said when you was talking to Emma Jewel. That I want you guys to continue that conversation. I want to know more about uh, anything y'all have to say about the candidates. Even though we don't have the lineage down pack like we do with the Douglas side, I still would like to have you on, and maybe uh, you can get your cousins on as well. So go ahead with last words or comments. Anything you have to say to uh, Miss Gwen or to the family or any 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 last words? Edna Louise, any last words? I'm sorry, I wasn't sure if that was for me. <laughs> well I do just want to say thank you uh once again, Seth, for you doing this and I yeah. truly enjoy the time on with Gwen and your information. I'm looking forward to connecting with you and uh hopefully being a part to help support your ministry, what you're doing. And um, just I love the family. I want you guys to remember it's Black History Month, and this is the time that we celebrate where our ancestors of all came from and the struggles they've had to come through. So, uh, Well, thank you. Thank you for that reminding us, and we'll do some next week with that. Yes, okay. Well, and I will, always, uh, go ahead. Yes. No, I just was going to mention uh, I will remember to reach out to get more information about the Kennedy side as much as I can gather before our yes. next yes. session. Yes, and it's so, kind of, we don't talk much about the Kennedys because we're so insecure in that we just don't know a lot. And versus making exactly. a fool out of ourselves, we just don't do much with the Kennedys. So if you could do that, and uh, we'd love to have you all on and, because y'all are family. We are Douglas Kennedy. Amen. Yes. Okay, I okay. just got a text from... <laughs> yeah, we'll have it next time. We sure will. <laughs> All okay. right. Well, again, yeah. thank you for coming on. Thank you for coming on. appreciate those last words. Yes, indeed. God bless you all. God bless you. Bless you, too. All right. That was Miss Edna Louise. She came on and shared with us. Very kind, very nice, and just... I hear that their side of the family might even be larger. Wouldn't that be something? Just double <laughs> everything. Wow. So, listen, uh, Miss uh, Gwen, I'm going to go ahead and let you uh, uh, have last words, and then I'll let Darlene have last words, and we'll wrap up this show. 
But I want to thank you, and I thank Janice for coming on and really, because she, sometimes you get to talking, you know, and uh, when I listen to these shows later, because sometimes I try to, that's a part of my job, is to listen and see what could have been said or what did I miss. It's just me when I go to work. Y'all don't know it, but I work overnight. And a lot of times I'll be listening to these shows when I don't have anything to do. I mean, I always got something to do, but I mean when my ears are free and I can uh, listen to something, they let us do that. But anyway, uh, I like what Janice was saying uh, because it's very important to understand the importance of a missionary. It's different and it's, it's different than another job. It's different than what the businessman do. The businessman has his place. I'm not knocking businessmen. We have their, we should respect all people's careers. But there is something about people that serve people with regards to spiritual matters. That's an entirely different calling. And it is a higher calling than a, even a billionaire that's going around the world building bridges or something. There's something about a person who in who who invests in people, spirit, ministers. That's why I mean it's just important because the spirit is fifteen billion times more important than anything we can see, taste, touch and smell. So my hand goes off out off to you for serving in the kingdom in this capacity, uh being unselfish and going. Missionaries can die. Lots of missionaries lose their life abroad for whatever right. reason. So it's not nothing to play with. It's not nothing to play with. So I have great respect for you. I know I had that bad encounter with the uh, in Papua New Guinea, but that was the truth that really happened to me. So we have just got to be aware of what is going on, what's real and what's not. There are good missionaries out there, but uh, make no qualms about it. Uh, there are some people out there that standing missionaries and, 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 and is a part of the great exploitation. So, Glenn, thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing good experiences. And uh, I'm, you're right, I do think God does have you at the university. Continue to be a, a trumpet, uh, letting us know injustices, praying about them, because we got to pray about all this and get God's doing. Amen, amen. Thank you, thank you. Any last words you have? I just wanted to say, um, just to my family, thank you for your support. They, my, that's one thing I can say about our family is that we support each other, and I really, really do appreciate that. I, um, just um, and just, Seth, thank you for all that you're doing, for you uh, sacrificing and doing this for the family. We really do appreciate it. Well, you're thank welcome. God you're welcome on this adventure that you're doing. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And and well, if I could, Seth, um, I would like to be able just to pray for our family if I could. Yes, you. that's always welcome. Go right ahead. Okay. Um, dear Heavenly Father, we just come before you this evening on this blessed uh, Tuesday night just to say thank you, Father. Thank you for this time that we've had together. Father, I thank you for Edna Louise. I thank you for um, just all of the Douglas family, my mom, my Aunt Jewel, and just all my family, Father. I just thank you for Janice, um, just for all the people that spoke tonight, for Doris, for um, Seth, for just um, giving us this avenue, this opportunity just to bring um, forth these issues and and also about the bereavement. Father, we pray for the family members that have that um, have gone on, and for the members that are left here, we just 
pray, Father, that you will just cover them, that you will give them peace, Father, right now in the midst of the storm as they're um, going, as they're suffering, Father. Let them know that you are with them. Father, you said you will never leave us nor forsake us. So, Father, yeah. right now we that you put your hedge of protection around them, around each and every one of us. Father, help us to remember who we are in you, that greater is he that is within us than he that is in the world. We thank you for that, Father. Father, I pray for all of our family members, for everything that we do. Father, help us to remember that no matter what we do, how we do it, that people are watching, but that everything we do, we want to bring glory to you. Help us to remember that, that we are to live our lives and and to be light in this dark, sin-sick world, Father. So we just thank you. Father, I just thank you for this opportunity that you gave to me to be able to tell more about you and um, what you have called each and every one of us to do, and that is to be missionaries, that is to be disciples, that is to tell the world about the love of Christ. We And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good prayer, good prayer. And all family members that agree, with her, say amen, even though we can't hear you. Say amen. Amen. All right, because there is power in agreement. We just read that earlier, Matthew 18 and I believe 19. Well, Gwen, thanks again. We appreciate it, and I'll be in touch with you. You'll be in touch with me, hopefully, because you're on Facebook, and that's another thing. She is on Facebook, everybody, so hit her up if you need her. Yes, and I wanted to give out my number just one more time for the Christian Women Unity. Science Devotion that comes out every Monday, um, and it's less than two minutes. And um, my number, once again, is 559-301-5509. Amen, amen. Appreciate it. Thank you, Gwen, and keep up the good work. Hopefully you get to go on more missionary trips because that is one of the most important jobs on this planet. Thanks again. Thank you very much. God bless you. God bless. bless you, too. Well, Miss Darlene, you're last but not least. Uh, go ahead with closing comments, and we'll play as I always try to put a last song with a meaning, and we'll put a bow on this show. What did you think of Miss Gwen? Miss Gwen was great. Um, I want to thank Gwen, and she's probably still listening. Thank her for coming on and giving us an eye opener. And For and foremost, I want to let all my family know that I love each and every one of you all, and I could not have asked to be part of of such a great family like ours. We have our ups and our downs, but through all of it, the good outweigh the bad. Yes, 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 yes. And and don't forget... Edna Louise came on with short notice, and I want to thank her for doing that also. Yes, yes, I, and I do appreciate it. I enjoyed it as well. She did real good for a first time, I thought. And for a first-timer, that was pretty, pretty good. But anyway, darling, thank you for your last words, and I'm going to go ahead and mute you if you don't have anything else to say, and we'll wrap this show up. Any other any other closing comments, anything? No. All right, well, thank you and appreciate all the work you did in making this happen because you definitely had some influence there, and I appreciate it. Not a problem. Okay. All right, folks, there you have it, another episode of the Douglas County Family Friends Network. Don't y'all leave yet. 
I got one last song. I always put a lot into that last song, and I think you're going to like this. I must admit, it's an old one, though. But, folks, listen, um, again, I can't say enough. That career, that choice to be a missionary, to serve in the kingdom, is no joke. No joke. I really, really am uh, thankful we have that in the family. I know we have ministers and just various people that serve in the kingdom, uh, and I think these 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 careers are much higher than secular careers. And not not disrespecting secular careers, but there's something about folks that impart spiritual blessings. So thank you, Gwen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And everybody else is even praying for people is is doing the same thing. It's imparting spiritual blessings. So remember the family as they grieve over Nefertiti Smith, and they have a funeral on Saturday. Remember the family. Remember Robbie's mom. Uh, uh, remember uh, Naomi Booker, who had some challenges early. I think she's okay now. Uh, remember, uh, and I know I'm going to forget somebody. That's why I don't like doing this. Uh, just wanted to remember the family because somebody will probably be upset with me. But everybody's pain is relevant and is important. So just keep the family in prayer. And don't forget to stay in agreement with what Gwen played earlier. This is the whining. And it's a song uh, we may never know. Y'all listen to the words of this song. Listen to the words of this song. I want to say good night to every single one of you. I love every single one of y'all, and there ain't nothing you can do about it. Good night. Stop.